Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we have a very, very special episode. Uh, we are going to be diving into the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And this is a long movie. It's a beast of a movie. And because of that, I can't do this by myself. So I begged and pleaded for, uh, I would call, one of DC's biggest fanboys to join me on this episode, my good friend Giuseppe Vicaretti, who we all lovingly call Juice. Uh, he is joining us today to give his, uh, his thoughts, his expertise on this episode. Juice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Alex. And that's high praise. I don't know so much about expertise. I mean, but I definitely, I definitely love all DC content. Like y'all know me. If you're, if uh, you're fans of this show, as well as the MCU fan show, like, you know, I, I love Marvel. I love all comics, but DC, DC is what has my heart. And I am definitely glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And I am ready to dive in. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So Thursday, the Snyder Cut of Justice League dropped on HBO Max. This was a uh, this was kind of a a long time coming, I would say. I mean, we, oh. we had heard about the release, the Snyder Cut. Uh, that had to have been years ago that that kind of came oh, yeah. out and the whole sort of fandom behind it. And I know we were we were kind of talking about this, you know, before we started recording. But I, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder and I, I, I became a fan of Zack Snyder when I saw 300 yeah. and 100 percent. Yeah. And I, and I hadn't, you know, I didn't even realize it that he also did uh, Dawn of the Dead, but he just has this like this quality. And, and I know you mentioned it in one of your, I think it was in your Instagram review, but uh, uh, he really likes slow motion and I love the slow motion. And we'll definitely dive into that. Cause I'm curious. I think you said that, you know, there were some bits of it where there was a little too much. So I'll be curious. Yeah, it's, what you it's, think on that. There he, it's the thing about Zack Snyder, like I love Zack Snyder so much. He, he is a very particular filmmaker Yes. You're not wrong for not liking him and you're not wrong for liking or loving him. He, he has his own unique style. Like, and the thing about him is his love for superheroes, mainly his love for DC. I don't really like how he kind of views a couple of the heroes in the DC universe in particular, in particular to these films and especially in this film that we're about to talk about it he he loves he loves them so much to where his vision his like for Watchmen for for Man of Steel for Batman v Superman it's and for Justice League he he cares so much about them that the exposition that he gives throughout the entire film that he gives us, it's, it's a little much. He's, he's good, but he's really good at bragging of how good he is. And that's where, that's where that gripe will come in between people who like him and people who don't, but that's not the point of not liking him. The point of not liking him is, or his films or the way he makes films 
it not everyone can do his art style and a lot of people will not like his art style but at the end of the day the art is beautiful to those who love it and this is what i wanted right from the get go he's he's great it, with the films that he gives us like uh his director cuts his director's cuts are his true vision that's how i see it at least yeah. so like when i look at man of steel there's no director's cut of Man of Steel. That was his full vision that Warner Brothers seemed to like and that his fans seemed to really like. It is my favorite Zack Snyder film still, oh, even wow. after watching this film. And that's, that's, that's something crazy. I'll definitely, that's definitely something I'll get into. Yeah, sorry for dragging that on. But yeah, no, like, I think I think that was very well said. I I always have high praise to give Zack Snyder. I I saw Watchmen when it came out in 2009. I, I went and saw that with a bunch of high school same. friends uh, and like opening night. Oh, that's great. And I just remember it was it, it honestly was life changing because I I had been yeah. a comic fan for a while. I had briefly like read bits of Watchmen, but then like when I found mm-hmm. out the movie was coming out, I was like, okay, I got to read this now for sure. So I like went to Walmart, I bought a copy of Watchmen and I read it and I was like, God, like this story is so good. I really hope he does justice to the story. And then yeah. seeing it, even at that point, it just being the theatrical cut, I was like, this is, this is so good. Like, and I still, oh. I, I think I have that as like my number three movie of all time, just because. Yeah really he's so good at capturing the source material of what he's working on and then kind of putting his own twist on it and so that's why i really liked man of steel as well because it was you know you got the slow-mo scenes but then you also got the very sort of dark and gritty aspect of superman and i really like that i know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of the like kind of anti-superman that he creates where he's very more kind of they, at least they, they hint a lot that like superman could yeah. easily become a bad guy and i like that because he really could like he's the most powerful being ever and what would happen mm-hmm. if he became bad and i like how zach, zach tries to explore that in some of the movies uh, i i think that's really cool definitely definitely and yeah the, the way he the way he explores each character's development it's unique that it's uh, that another film's character development for a superhero movie is way more unique than this movie, but it's it's unique to Zack Snyder in the sense that the way he shoots it, the way the way he will move the camera, and I mean, yeah, a lot of people are annoyed with his slow mo shots, but the way he moves the camera in the slow mo shot is what matters. It's mm-hmm. not about how long the slow mo is lasting i mean i will admit i'll admit full transparency (laughs) the length of the slow-mos a few of the slow-mos got me it got me a little bit kind of want him to cut it down maybe half a second maybe more but that's not the point of not liking of liking the slow-mo the point of it is noticing where he wants us to see what he wants us to see how he wants us to see it and what he wants us to hear while seeing it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the soundtrack in each slow-mo shot we get throughout this movie slaps oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, no doubt. And I think like, they even, didn't they use a different because they used uh ju- he used Junkie XL for this. Yeah. Song. Yeah, the he the the music in this film is completely different to the yeah, theatrical. Yeah, well. And the main reason the theatrical cut uh the theatrical version we got 
that the music behind that is Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. He is nowhere in this movie. The music with this is all junky, all junky XL. And uh, it's not no pun intended. It's night and day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's, there were, uh, we, we talked about this briefly but at the very beginning of this, but you know, a, as the movie started and it, you know, it opens up with Superman screaming and his scream yes. is reverberating around the earth. And it's like this, you know, and you don't notice it right away, but when you, and again, I've so actually we need to clear this up first before we get started. We do. Yeah. I, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor juice and I need you to clear this All up. Right. I heard, I heard you watched this four times already. Cause that's true. It is. A lot of people will say that that's not possible. A lot of people <laughs> will say that. How do you have enough time to watch this, to watch, to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier? And I'll <laughs> tell you what, folks, I'll tell you what. I watched Falcon and Winter Soldier four times as well. You, this is, is your, awesome. this is your part-time job this week. <laughs> and yeah, straight up. Cause uh, I mean, if not too many people know me, then here's a little bit of knowledge for you. I work at Best Buy and up till recently, I was working for Best Buy for five years. Then I was fell victim to uh, the new business model that they had, that they rolled out this new year to where I had to be laid off. But my store, life, my store, knowing me for the amount of time that they did, asked me to come back after two days of being gone. They were like, hey, we have a part-time spot open in our warehouse and we'll give you the same amount of hours, 40 hours a week. And we'll even give you a couple of ships back up at the desk for you. I'm like, hell yeah, I want that 100%. So we fast forward to now. I have a few days off. I already, I, I planned ahead for this. So I've been off the last few days and I was ready to watch Justice League. I had the plan of making coffee and everything. My first watch was me waking up at 2.30, getting the coffee ready to go. Full pot of coffee was mine for the next four hours. (laughs) Had to watch that for the first sitting. Then we get to the second watch, which was on the same day on Thursday. I wanted to really get the pinpoints of what was different between this movie and the 17 cut. And I'll tell you what, Alex and folks, I have four pages worth of notes, maybe more. <laughs> a page for every uh, hour. And, dude, and like I, I broke it up into the parts. I broke out what I loved, my instant reactions, like all of it. I was ready for that second for that second watch. Yeah. Then we fast forward. Uh, we fast forward to my third watch, which was on Thursday. That was where I split it up between between uh like right in half between parts four and right before uh actually right after part three ended and when part four was gonna start then we i started my fourth watch uh yesterday and that took me right through right through the whole day definitely paused and started in between all the parts like sporadically throughout the day because I've had stuff to do and now we're here so yes that was a long-winded explanation of me stating yes I have seen this movie good well you know I'm glad because uh and I only I watched it once and honestly even after the first watching it one time was so 
I totally can see why you would need to watch it more than once too. Uh, but I'm glad you put in the hours because I do have some questions and I have some things that I think I've can- got answers that, yeah, I know you're going to have some like- answers around. That. <laughs> so, so getting back to the beginning of the movie, uh, it kind of opens up with Superman screaming and yeah. uh, as it's going, you know, the credits are rolling and most of it it's in not, I wouldn't say it's like full on slow-mo, but it does feel like a sort of slower slow-mo than normal like a normal uh i guess the normal way of filming which i really liked and it really reminded me of the opening of watchmen and so as i was watching it i was just i got that feeling too yeah and i was (laughs) smiling so big because i was just like you know what a obviously and and i'll say first off zach yeah i'm saying you know he what a lucky guy that he was able to do this but obviously the whole reason that he was able to do this or that he did this in the first place is because, you know, his daughter committed suicide and, and, you know, he wasn't able to finish filming or in doing his work for the first movie. And so now we got this. So I guess you could say the luck is probably more for the fans than him because that's just an absolute terrible tragedy, but for him to be able to kind of, create this thing and for warner brothers to be like yep yeah do whatever you want i mean i think it sounded like they did give him some rules but the fact that they allowed it to be four hours really does that you know they let him run with a lot of it i'm just so glad that he was able to put his vision back out there after the sort of uh i guess set you could say setback that he had with losing a family member and uh it really is and you, you know you see it when the movie ends when it says for autumn it like it just was this movie yeah. itself in a bow is so special and i could tell because when the movie ended there was probably two parts in the movie where i was like "Ooh, this is kind of long but to me if i'm only thinking that twice for a four-hour movie that like it flew by i, I thought that it flew by there was there was a couple of slower parts and that's where it caught me. Like when, um, when mm-hmm. Amy Adams is talking with Diane Keaton and not Diane Keaton, Diane Lane, uh, you know, at the farm and they're talking at the house and all that sort of stuff. Those yeah. are a little slower, but uh, when it, you're opening up with Superman screaming like that, I would just, it's showing us in a different view of what we got in BBS. It's Watchmen esque. It's BBS esque. It's man of steel esque. It's everything that Snyder would make. And I love that he gives us he gives us the opening of the ending in a different angle of Batman v Superman. It's it's the angle of showing us what is happening that's making this story be told in the first place. Yeah, which we will get into. And I don't know how. Mm, before I even go on, I, I don't even think we even mentioned mentioned this. How are we with spoilers? Like full oh, spoilers? This is, is going to be full spoilers. Thank you for mentioning that, Juice. I, I would say, again, all, to all of you out there, I would highly recommend checking this out. Put a pause on this and come back or just listen to it and forget about it. But we will be talking about spoilers. So, yeah, honestly, let's let's just dive right in, because I think I I don't remember a lot of the original Justice League. And I, I'm, I gave the original Justice League a seven. I thought it was good in, in parts, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of it that was held back. And you could tell just because the movie, it, in my opinion, a movie like that, a team up movie, it's if you can pull off you know, being under two hours, good for you. But for a team right. up movie, I think it needs to be more than two hours. And for the fact and that that movie wasn't over two hours and you could tell 
like there was so much in there where you were like, wait, what? Like, why did that happen? Or what's going on here? It just felt like the movie could have been so much longer. And so one of those pieces being, I had no, like when Steppenwolf showed up, I remember being like, who is this guy? And Mm -hmm. why is he here? Like I I got the whole mother box story because I had watched justice league war. Uh, One of that's like one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, DC animated movies. And so I got the whole mother box dark side sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, you know, there's no dark side. So that's kind of weird. And then I was like, okay, mother boxes, at least they're dealing with cyborg. But, but for this movie to literally in the opening scene and I, and I didn't get it until the, you know, later half of the movie where they're talking about, you know, the mother boxes, why didn't they notify Steppenwolf and dark side earlier? And it was because Superman was alive and yes and to then, he... yeah and like then to think back at the beginning that the first scenes of the movie is them literally explaining because superman dies his scream kind of notifies Awaken. the other boxes that he's dying and so they all wake up and it's like that is so cool yeah and that's and that just goes to show i the here's here's the thing i don't hate justice league 17 i don't at all it's it's its own movie and joss sweden did what he could with what he was given yeah the fault of justice league 17 is not snyder's and is not whedon's Uh, granted whedon is a terrible guy bad guy like straight up worst of the worst and like i you i like his material he's he's the kind of guy who is a who's terrible but you can't help but like what he like what he makes it's 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 a give and take situation it's 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 definitely an unfortunate situation that's for sure especially since he he did the avengers movies yeah but here's the thing like it's not his fault what he made because yes a lot of people will say that he he it this is avengers but justice league but it's be he did he did what he did to that movie because Warner Brothers all they told him to do was change it. He he wanted to know what what did you want, what did what do you want me to change here? Do you want me to keep this? Do you want me to get rid of that? And in response, all they said was change the movie. Yeah, and, okay, and kind of you know this this whole movie to me hopefully is a sign that Warner Brothers is slowly changing their ways. Cause I mean, that's the whole reason. That's the reason we got this. That's the reason we got the ultimate cut is every theatrical movie always had that negative cloud over it that, Oh, the studio forced them to do this and forced them to do that. And it was like, don't you guys see like Marvel's method of just letting them make the movie, how they want to make it. And it's like, it was so weird to me that they never got that. Like they always were like, Oh no, we know best. And it's like, no, you don't like, you don't know. And so at least they're letting them make these bigger versions of the movie and that they're actually really good. I'm hoping that the future, obviously based off of like Aquaman and the first wonder woman Mm -hmm. that, you know, they are slowly starting to see, okay, if we let these people run with it and make what they want, they're gonna, they're gonna make a good movie. But you know, also, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I still don't fully trust them because, you know, I, I saw some stuff that Zack Snyder was talking about uh, this being a trilogy and that currently yeah. there is no plans to make the other two movies. And again, you know, why would there, the movie came out, would that be now like five years ago yeah. and nothing was ever greenlit and all that, but who knows, maybe a million people watch this on HBO max mm-hmm. and they go, okay, all right, I guess we can see some value right. in making That's this. Like, 
that and that's really all it takes because yeah he's he's got the story he's he says there's no plan on making it he's got the ideas because i've heard on the in the grapevine from a couple reliable sources who that i've that i've come to rely on at least who who have seen the proof of storyboards whiteboard storyboards that have been that that are drawn on completely of a full story like like comic wise think of a literal whiteboard with the comic drawing of a story and there's 13 of them and this movie was only on three or four of them which means there's a lot and if if we don't get that, I'm totally fine because it's it's not something that I need because let me tell you, this is all I needed. <laughs> right, exactly. Like I get I felt that exact same way. That's so funny. I, I after I was done watching it, I it was super late and I was I obviously had a little trouble falling asleep because I was so amped yeah. up. And I was mm-hmm. reading a IGN article around uh, kind of the the sequels of the movie because he he's been very transparent about like yeah here's what my plans were for the second movie here's what my mm-hmm. plans were for the third movie and they said this really funny thing they're like <laughs> it's really funny that we know more about the unplanned Zack Snyder sequels than we do about the Flash movie than we do about the Batman movie like there's more knowledge yeah. around these movies that will never yeah. be made. And uh, I, I did. I thought that was super funny. So uh, what I'm going to do, and I, I think I think we'll make this a little bit more of an interesting conversation. As I said, I, I don't want to go beat for beat on the movie just because mm-hmm. I think it's probably it's impossible. Movie. But what I want yeah. to do is I want to put some praise on all of the characters in this movie, because regardless of what happened in that first Justice League movie, e- even if you said, OK, you know what? I'm going to forget about that. I'll never watch that again. The Snyder Cut is my real cut. I think this movie right. does justice for almost all of the characters especially yeah. those newer characters so i wanted to dive in and get your thoughts and so I'm, i've got the imdb cast list up here we're going to start with the big guns first uh w- with number one obviously well actually i'll say this too we're gonna have, we're gonna do a pop quiz juice who do you think is the main character of this movie you know what the so you got you as the as the movie starts, you have the cast list, and obviously you got like Ben Affleck as the leading cast member. You got, and it keeps playing. You got Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, going on, going on. So you would think that the main character is Batman, Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, or Henry Cavill, or Wonder Woman. No, no, no. It, they they are not the main characters so, of this movie. so if i if i do uh, a one two three <laughs> and we both say it at the same time do you think that we're gonna say the same person because i'm starting to I think really, we're gonna i really hope i hope alex because okay feel all right like so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a one two three and then at the same time we're gonna go okay ready one two three cyborg cyborg yes i love you Yes. Yeah. I like by, and it was so funny too, because you know, all of that controversy with Ray Fisher about kind of coming out and sharing all the stuff that he had to deal with on the set and then seeing him tweet out like, 
this is the yeah. movie that I did. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'm really excited to see them do him justice. Right. And by the end of the movie, I was like, this is kind of the cyborg movie. Like he, you know, we get his origin. He's the one that literally saves the day by, you know, getting rid of the mother boxes. And then by the end of it, like everything with his dad and him rebuilding his recorder at the end to hear his dad. Like, and that's the, right? ep- the epilogue is the, the, the quote from his dad. Like, I was like, this is, this is a cyborg movie. I was so here. For- I, I got to tell you, like the minute, like when part, I forgot what part, what part it was. So part one is don't count on a bad man. Part two is age of heroes. Part three, I think is beloved mother beloved son mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure when we got that immediately i knew cyborg cyborg's origin story is in this part i'm ready for it but yeah. then it started it started different to kind of throw us off a little bit because you can argue that beloved mother beloved son could be flash because beloved mother his mother died very oh. tragically when he was younger and he's beloved son his father's in prison for for the death of his mother mm-hmm. and he's trying everything he can to prove his dad wrong and his dad can do nothing but tr- but try to like be be there so you could argue both of those so i really like how snyder showed that it could be it is cyborg and like cyborg story but it could also be flash so let's give him a second and oh, like yeah. and, and i think that might have been one of the most magical pieces of this movie is when i watched the original justice like i, I remember again that's why i gave it a seven was i was like okay the action was really good like i loved mm-hmm. the final battle i thought wonder woman was kick-ass but I wanted to see more of them. But then I, I had always thought I was like, they never really gave justice to Cyborg or Flash. Like we got a couple yeah. cool bits, like when he he pushes the sword up to Wonder Woman and all of that. But it was so quick and it felt like we didn't get enough mm-hmm. time with them. And this movie, regardless of what happens in the future with a future Flash movie, a future site, whatever it ends up being, because, you know, in uh, yeah. DC and Warner Brothers detriment, like they've switched hands so many times, so many different creative teams. We like, who knows if we will ever see those movies. And if we don't, I'm okay with that because I feel like the story we got for flash and cyborg in this, it was a full fleshed out story from start to finish. And we got absolutely badass action sequences from both of them and sort of almost full character arcs for both of them like holy crap i can't even i mean i almost want well okay we got we got to slow down because we'll we'll get to flash (laughs) i'm thinking about that last scene with flash where he's talking to his dad in his head and (laughs) you probably remember it more than me but when he like gets ready to go back in time and he's like he's like come on barry come on he like says something like to pump himself up and i was just like i was shaking like i had goosebumps it was so my gosh uh, but yeah. let's talk about Batman. Let's talk about Batman first, since he he is top yeah. build, and you know he he's kind of the one that you could argue again, like you said, he is he is sort of the he's the old guard main character. He's he's bringing this team together. And here's what I'll say too. Let's see let's see if you can if you're impressed by this. This movie's four hours long. Here's the synopsis of Justice League. Uh, Superman dies. It awakens the three mother boxes on Earth, which Steppenwolf is trying to come get. 
because he fell out of the good graces of dark side, his quote unquote boss and master. And uh, they forgot about these mother boxes on earth when they first came millions of years ago or however many years ago. Uh, and then left, loved that concept of like, they've killed so many planets and earths that they would just forget about it and they would never be able to find it again because, you know, it's, it's such a small thing for them. But because these boxes activated, they found the earth, they come back, they, he gets the mother boxes and the Justice League is able to stop him just in the nick of time. Is that the story of Justice League in like a minute? Yes, actually, <laughs> you, I, I don't think I could have said it better yeah, myself. It's, it's a very it's and that's why I think one of the beauties of this movie is that it really is a simple storyline. But the way that he's able to flesh everything out is great. So because of this, yeah. Batman and because of BVS, Batman realizes something is coming like he's gotten this vision in the last movie. He knows that something is coming and he's trying to put together this team. And so he's recruited. Uh, he already has recruited Wonder Woman uh, from their relationship in the last movie. And he's trying to recruit Aquaman, the flash, all these other characters, but a lot of them are kind of hesitant to join the team. But I think, I think Ben Affleck does a great job in this movie of, uh, you know, in, in BVS, he was great as the gruff old Batman kind of from the Dark Knight Returns type comics. But in this yeah. movie, he really felt like it really felt like the ending of BVS impacted him. And I know I, I felt that way when I was watching the original Justice League. But I think just as a call out, it's important to mention that. Yeah. That death really impacted him. And so now he has, in a, in a really great way, softened up. And he's yeah, like, a lot more willing to put his faith in things versus just looking at the facts. And, I, you know, I, here at Comics and Cinema, we're all about the facts. But I do like how he's, he's trying to put his faith in something bigger than him because he's always just tried to get the facts. And right now things are pretty bad. So he wants to believe in something. Exactly. And... In the beginning, uh, we we get like I can or I've so before seeing the movie, the movie very first, I did catch up and watch Justice League a few of uh, the seventeen Justice League mm. a couple of times to uh, really see if I could tell any differences, and there are like like even in the beginning shot as we see Superman dying and the echo of the scream uh, spreading out as that scene is playing out we see the reactions of the three characters we see lois lane's reaction and let me tell you my gosh cried oh, when yeah. i saw her reaction every time um wonder woman got a new shot uh and it was kind of extended i think it was either the same shot extended or it was just a brand new shot loved it and then we got batman's shot each of those shots were it seemed new to me and it, it, and uh, we fast forward to when Bruce is up in the mountain uh, of Iceland and going to the village with the with Aquaman's villagers, and that that scene is similar, but it's slightly different because we get a little bit more dialogue, a little more, a little more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a little more determination from the yeah. villagers not oh, okay. immediately helping not i mean yeah we get some determination from batman from bruce wayne needing this but we also do get more determination from the villagers like they these the line that the villager gave of this look at this dog trying to 
tell us, but we're not fools. Get out. That whole line, brand new. That was that mm. was specifically cut from the 17 cut. As well as when Bruce immediately meets Arthur, like Arthur has him pinned against the wall, and he says, Arthur Curry. He doesn't say, I heard you could talk to fish. Oh, because really? Snyder, because Snyder knows how cheesy that kind of is. That was that that's more of a that's more of a Whedon line. You know, that's Whedon, funny. I I there that those are the things that I remember from the original Justice League. And those were the only thing you I didn't realize it at the time, but I do remember him saying that line and thinking that it was cheesy. And that's funny that he cut it. But and I'm sorry to get yeah. off on a tangent here, but no, I was no, no. kind of bummed that the Superman Flash race was taken out of this version. But I can oh, see why, because that was a very sort of tongue-in-cheek scene as well. Very. And I don't I don't fault those those scenes. A lot of Whedon scenes in the 17 cut aren't that bad. It's just Whedon is a Marvel guy to me yeah. and to a lot of fans. And that's not any that's not his fault. That's not the, the production company's fault. That's no one's fault. That's just how he's made movies and just his that's his like i don't know uh that's his uh what's the word i'm looking for that's his motif his mo yeah that's his mo he so all of the scenes that we're not gonna get from from uh from this movie as far as from the 17 cut it's all kind of avenger-esque if you think about it like that scene with uh with Flash and Superman doing that race. Um, you have the scene which is completely different, and we'll get to when it when we get there. But the scene where Aquaman is sitting on Wonder Woman's lasso, nowhere near this movie at all. Oh, that right. never happened. Never happened in this movie, and I love that. I mean, I like it in that in the seventeen cut, but the seventeen cut, I see it now as more of uh a comic book one shot that was written by two different guys because that's mm, what it is yeah it's really what it is yeah that's a great this idea. Zack Snyder's Justice League full-on graphic novel director's cut like Watchmen oh yeah that's like DC black label like, at this point <laughs> like straight up <laughs> yeah but but the the yeah the differences uh, already as far as Batman needing needing this help in the very beginning going to Aquaman. And I really like the villagers like song as he's as Aquaman's leaving and and he's like uh, about to dive into the water and we get that small little yeah thing, that's that right. small little song. It's like an homage to Aquaman. I really liked that touch. Yeah. Um and then yeah like the, the way he uh the way the way uh we get introduced to uh wonder woman oh it was God. a great introduction oh man like, i like when i i read something that just said that wonder woman is a lot more violent in this and that she something about her cracking skulls and i was like oh thank god because everything that happened in wonder woman 84 i, I think kind of uh took away from her power in a sense i mean 
and I have an episode on it. I, I, I was not very kind. Yeah. That movie. I don't think, no. <laughs> but this uh, to me, and, and it's funny too, because you know, you think as you watch it, you forget, but this is your current day wonder woman because even 19, even the mm. 1984 wonder woman is still like 40 years younger than she is now and when she busts into that room and kicks the door open and i i you know i didn't think she was going to pull it off obviously i had seen it happen before but when that clock when he pressed the button and it was only 30 seconds i was like no way like there's no No possible way (laughs) and she just gets that look on her face and she is so mad and she just zooms around kicking ass kicking people into walls as their head cracks the tile on the walls was just amazing and i think this was one of the best slow-mo scenes in the movie uh was her blocking every single bullet and that guy being like that is not possible and she's like oh it's possible and uh or what does he she's he say i don't believe it yeah i don't believe it and she says believe it and that that is another change because in the in the 17 whedon cut uh what happens is uh he shoots the he shoots the bullets and he goes, I don't believe it. What are you? And she says, a believer. Wow. I like what this a, change. a lot better. Oh, my God. That's miles ahead of that. That's crazy. So, so yeah. Right? And, and I, Wonder Woman, I think I, and I don't know. I don't know if you th- thought this. I saw something that said, like, Wonder Woman was eh in the movie. I thought she was awesome. Oh, and I, no. I really thought that she was the she was almost the glue that kept the team together because she's the one that convinced uh, Cyborg to join the team. I think she had some bit with the flash too, but she's just, she's always been, it feels like kind of the heart of the justice league just because positive and she's so powerful and God, I mean like when she cuts off Steppenwolf's head at the end, I just, I was like, this is, and the fact that Darkseid had to watch literally like five away as the body flies in, I was like, this is insane. This is so cool. Completely. And that's, and you even said it there, like she, she is the glue to the Justice League and Zack Snyder knows that he, he knows that so well that in this movie, we don't need her origin. We already got her origin, and he knows that. But at the same time, we're going to give you a slight memory, and we're going to give you more of what she can do. And to the point where she, what's a, what, oh, I had something really good. I always do this. I always (laughs) lose what I've got. (laughs) But she, 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 oh, I had it. Uh, I'm sure it'll she, come back. she is for such a formidable force and like beautiful. She, she knows that she doesn't need anything, but what she has already to beat this guy. And, yep. and even, and even Steppenwolf knows that she is, gonna be a she's gonna be something something to fight against like it's not just gonna be a quick quick defeat for wonder woman he's like your your amazon your amazon sisters couldn't defeat me you're definitely gonna be a challenge or something like that right up he says he says you're stronger you're stronger than stronger than yes so 
Zach knows that he doesn't need to give her an origin. What we're going to do is have her be what keeps keeps this film together and show just how much she is technically needed. Mm-hmm. So she's not the main character, but she definitely kind of steals the steals the show. I mean, as far as favorite moments go, and I'll definitely reveal a lot more favorite moments that I have of this movie. She owns all of my favorite fight sequences oh, in this yeah. movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's a testament to, like you said, of the fact that they don't really do an origin for her. And again, you don't need one because you got the origin in the original Wonder Woman. And for most people, they've already seen the original Wonder Woman by the time this Justice League has come out. And you've mm-hmm. sort of, I mean, that, that Justice League came out the 2017 one came out the same year as Wonder Woman. So yeah. you got your your backstory. What I thought was powerful in this, though, was how much they focused on and relied on her her uh, her unit or her the, the other Amazons, basically. Yeah. I think to me, that was the best. That, along with Steppenwolf, was the best change in this movie. When we were watching it and, uh, okay, you know, that scene out. comes up where with all the Amazons and, oh, you know, oh, my God, Steppenwolf is coming. And to see the the comparisons between the Amazons and the Atlanteans in terms of their preparedness for Steppenwolf and their protection for the mother box was just Completely. like you said, night and day. It, night and day. The Atlanteans, they've got their mother box sitting in some on some throne in this in this spot. The the Amazons, they've got theirs in a pre-built pyramid that is at and at a moment's notice yeah. ready to be entombed in the ocean. And that scene to me was insane because we, we immediately get to see Steppenwolf. And I thought not only was his animation better, but within probably five minutes, I was like, I already like this Steppenwolf better than the other Steppenwolf. He was frightening. And I was, I was 100%. I was like, wow, he is strong. He can't be beat. And then the fact that they're like, all right, we need to seal this place off. And so I, one of the most powerful scenes in this movie for me was when the the amazons are not only escaping but the tomb scene when they all start smashing the pillars and she uh, hippolyta is running through the exit and slides under and those two amazons you just see that giant cement block drop onto their backs and they're like they're holding it up you can tell what a strain it is and then do they jump out with hippolyta no they don't they stay behind And I'm just, I was thinking to myself and I, I told, I told my friends when I was watching it, I was like, this is such a good scene because like the fact that these women are so instantly willing to give their life up, like literally like ancient Egyptians of I'm going to just be entombed in this pyramid forever. And then to have that yeah. entire place fall into the ocean. I was, I was telling them like, that is so powerful because we know as the audience that is not going to stop Steppenwolf, but the fact that they like, they're going to go to whatever length it takes to keep this thing away from him. I thought just, just showed what a powerhouse of, of women it was. Cause again, you go to Atlantis and it was like, okay, he just takes the box. But when he tries yeah. to take the box from the Amazons, it is a huge it's, ordeal. It's for an him. effort. And then the fact that those girls, they all escape and they're horse riding. And these people who we don't even know who they are. We don't know their names. They're just 
Amazons, and each mm-hmm. of them are doing these badass moves where like the one throws their her lasso and grabs the box mm-hmm. and pulls it back and like they're shooting all the arrows. Oh, it was just mm. I thought that was such a good scene. So was that scene extended in this movie versus in the 2017? Quite a bit, actually. Um okay, cool. I thought so. so. So here, uh, I loved this entire opening. Now, this is still only half hour into the movie. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, wow. A, like, just pointing that out there. But it's the way that, so the beaten, so the right, right off the bat, the beginning of the sequence, we were seeing what's happening after the screen. After the after Superman's death scream echoing out, it's reached one of the all of the mother boxes. But we we now see an extension of what's what's the purpose for that? Why why is this a big deal? So we see them guarding this, and it's it is perfectly portrayed to showing just how how dedicated they are to protecting this box Mm -hmm. like they've been in this tomb for a a while just guarding it and that's their job and the fact that you can tell how scared they are by it kind of shaking and the crack of the of the light coming from the box she's shaking as she's going up to touch it she doesn't even touch it and it starts spewing out the uh the sound the echoing sound of it waking up and right right from there all of that is new footage none of that was in the was in the uh, was in the was in the weed and cut we saw them guarding it but well but in the weed and cut we all we saw was it opening we it opening up a little faster and then immediately we get a small one-liner from uh from I forgot her name, and that is just very, very dis, dis, uh, disheartening. It's injustice of me to not have the queen's name. Uh, Hippolyta. Hippolyta. We get a one-liner from Hippolyta, and then we see the appearance of Steppenwolf. In this one, oh, wow. we get it reacting, and then, and as she, as the one Amazonian guard is going up to touch the box. She, it starts getting louder with it and she turns and says alert the queen the queen comes and we get a whole dialogue with her and the one of the other guards all the way to the point where it stops and my per my one of my favorite lines that the queen could give and i love that it's in this cut it is evil never sleeps it waits yes and yes i love that too and right from there we we see the entrance we see things we see it go back to getting more powerful and we get the entrance that i that i didn't think that i wanted i am telling you right now alex i didn't think that i would like steppenwolf more than i did in the 17 version the immediately when they released the look of Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. I was happy. I was happy. Oh, yeah. But I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like him still. I don't know. Wow. Did I really, really like Steppenwolf? I almost kind of love Steppenwolf in this version. He is 
he is oh he is so bad oh i know so bad and that's and this is one thing that i love about the movie in general the rating it's our rating is very unique because a lot of people will be like how is this movie rated r why is this movie rated r where's the where's the drug violence where's the where's the 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 language where's all of that stuff that's supposed to make this movie rated r it's rated r so zach can have his full vision shown to the point where steppenwolf he's making it where the location is not safe he's making this world not safe meaning steppenwolf is going to be so bad like so bad that he throws amazonians that are trying to pin him down in a field with with uh, arrows that are connected to the twine that are back to them when they're on horses he flings them all in one swoop he uh, and we don't we don't see good things happen to those horses no 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 oh my god um, oh, that was a that was a that was actually that was the moment when I w- actually got scared of him because yeah, they're all shooting him with his arrows. They've got the thing and he just lifts them all up, oh. and pushes him down. And I was like, Oh no. See, and then that when he was... did that to the horse, I was like, Oh my God, no horse. <laughs> like that now, horse see, just got it. That almost got me as, as what scared me with Steppenwolf, but that's number two. My number one, it's it's kind of, I guess it's kind of cheesy for it to be my number one thing to find very frightening with Steppenwolf. But right after that horse fling, he's got all the arrows on him. It zooms in on him for a nice body shot and he grunts. Oh, yeah. And <sighs> doesn't he like bust all the arrows off of him too? Yeah, like, like, that, grunt is, that grunt is what busts all the arrows off his chest and it's just bad as oh it's so bad oh yeah. <laughs> i love it and when I, think, I say bad folks it's a, it's a term of endearment it's it's beautiful oh yeah he's when he's, say that he's definitely so bad that he's good in this in this yeah. movie. and i think i i got the r rating during that fight because i'm pretty sure he uses his axe to chop somebody in half yeah and when he does the blood splatter and all of that i was like oh wow and so that that to me i love that i like when a, if a movie is going to be an R-rated movie and they're saying, okay, like it's R-rated because we want to show some accurate violence. I'm all for that. I, I'm not a huge fan yeah. of like, oh, it's an R-rating so we can just drop a bunch of F-bombs. Like I, right. I to me, that's a little lazy. And so I, I think he played it off just right. Cause even him, him, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, like so many of them have those scenes where they're just, you know, so bloody, but it's such a mm-hmm. accurate bloody where, you know, someone like Wonder Woman, who's been literally fighting people for thousands of years, like she's chopping off heads, she's smashing skulls, and she's not even thinking twice about it because she's probably done this a thousand times before. And exactly. it shows you in this scene how, you know, these Amazons, if these Amazons can't stop Steppenwolf, like who can, can the justice league even do it? And we right. start really quickly as the movie goes on that, you know, not in their current form, they can't like there's no. no way they're going to, because not only are they not super United, but they don't have Superman. And so it's, it's, it's a tough kind and, of kind of spot for them for sure. Yeah, definitely. And this is, and we'll, we'll definitely move on from this scene 
but this is a great shout out to character development, to story mm-hmm. development, to just plot development. This, it's it from the very end to the scene, um, right before Steppenwolf leaves. That's all in the weed and the weed and cut. And I've and you'll come as as you've probably come to notice as you watch the movie. And what I've definitely come to notice as I watch the movie is everything that I liked in the 17 cut is in this movie. Like, yeah, it, it's it, it, this is the character development, but extended to where, how it should have been mm-hmm. because it, like I, like I said earlier, it was a comic comic book one shot. This is the full graphic novel. This is the entire story. And the entire story is nothing without the plot development. Not, nothing. Yeah. And I and think, and you, you bring up a good point that I, I forgot to mention. I was thinking about it in this scene uh, when we were talking mm-hmm. about it. But uh, to me, and I, I hope it doesn't sound crazy, but I, I feel no. like in the future that film students should be required to watch both of these versions in order to fully understand what you can do as a filmmaker to make a powerful story to show like, okay, look at, look at how in this movie, just adding 10 more minutes of something here, you're this much more attached to this character. Yeah. Taking notes about how, you know, when you watch this movie, you're like, Oh, like I wish there was more. And then you see this and you go, Oh, that's what it was. And it didn't take much. Like all it took was a couple of dialogue or one scene or some of the way someone's eyes moved. Like, Snyder really shows that just a little bit and by a little bit, I mean, four hours can really go towards making you really attach yourself to these characters. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I'll even agree. I definitely agree where this film could and should be used to uh, teach film students. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't make them i want to make them fall victim to watching both movies like <laughs> the, the entire film i would i would give them one scene maybe maybe yeah, a couple scenes right. of the 17 cut and then one scene from this movie because one scene is all you really need to see the difference between the 17 cut and this movie yeah it's but yeah i agree 100 it's it's definitely a what to do and what not to do back to back and even even um when it, it uh, now carries on to the backstory the plot and i know you want to get a lot into the characters but the plot well, no, development... that's, i think you're leading into it though i think you know the the next kind of piece of it is in, in following wonder woman's vein and and this was something i kind of took issue to i don't know why she was wearing high heels in that uh that cave but uh just because i feel like if i was wonder woman i would be just wearing some boots you never know when you're gonna have to run <laughs> and that was a really high like a really tiny stiletto i would hate for her to trip and hurt herself but you know she she shows up at the end of that fight her mom shoots that arrow which i thought was super mm-hmm. cool she finds the arrow she opens up a secret secret passageway in this uh, parthenon-esque building and it kind of shows the mural of dark side and then yeah. in, in in its own time she meets with bruce wayne and she's explaining to him kind of what, you know, what's happening. Like, yeah, you've seen that there's these boxes and that's sort of what's going on, but here's the why behind it. And so we get to see that super cool scene of the Atlanteans, the humans, 
and the Amazons all fighting Steppenwolf yes. or no, they're all fighting dark side. And dark along side. with the green lantern, or it was just one green lantern at that time, but I really yeah. liked that scene. So uh, yeah, it, I, this was also another scene that was in the 17th cut, but it was only a quick one shot. It was yep. only a small, Hey, this happened. Uh, you see these guys, there's a green lantern, be happy. And we're back <laughs> to normal time. Right. No, that's not what I wanted. And this is what I wanted. It was the fact of like starting right off with uh, showing the reason why Steppenwolf cha- chose that location in the first place, uh, saying it's toxic, it's perfect. That wasn't in the 17th cut, and that is a perfect mm. explanation of why he chose that location. All we knew was just at a first glance, okay, we're at a power plant, okay, I, yeah, but why? And that's why. So there was that and then we fast we get all of this exposition with wonder woman in the cave love all of that it's she gal gadot as wonder woman is amazing i love the woman so much she (laughs) doesn't she doesn't she she doesn't need anyone anyone to carry a scene she carries it she she uh, the the way that she just discovers the cave like i i kind of with you out there i kind of want her in boots and not high heels she well you, and you see her in boots in a later scene where she's got like these black yeah. boots and i was like okay so she definitely <laughs> has boots why was she wearing stilettos when she's right. on a mission <laughs> listen she just got done with uh fixing that statue and she needed you know you're right you're right that, she, but... <laughs> she was still doing with business that makes total sense you know and but, i was uh, gonna say did you get i got vibes during that battle scene uh, in the flashback of both uh, Lord of the Rings and also Avengers Endgame of the you Thank know you. the giant squad versus the giants. I will say Lord of the yes. Rings and Endgame did it better, but I still oh. liked that they were showing like a, a really cool kind of giant that there was this giant see, battle a long time ago that was for the fate of the world. Yes, and that's the thing. That's the thing about that's that's the thing about this movie and what I love about this and. Zach's and Zach's true vision for this movie. It it's a just it's Justice League one hundred percent, but it's the combination of the worlds. He's not we're not just uniting the seven as far as seven different members of the Justice League. We're uniting seven kingdoms into one to fight yeah. Darkseid. We're unite. Uh, I don't really want to name off all those seven. I. You, I'm just thinking them right off the bat. I mean, maybe oh, you got the Amazons, you got the old gods, you've got the Atlanteans, you've got the humans, you've got the uh, the people among the stars, the Green Lanterns. You have there's two more kingdoms that I just can't put my hand on. Uh, Cyborg is definitely in there. It's like Cyborg's kingdom, the the mother, the mother box kingdom. I don't know what. Yeah. The, that's not a kingdom, but uh, but anyway, just he his spectacle is is definitely similar to Lord of the Rings, and Lord of the Rings definitely gets better. We're not. That's the only comparison we will make to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but but it's 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 the fact that he's he's making a story of superheroes 
but also of old superheroes, like of old mytho- mytho- mythology stories. Oh, yeah. We're not, we, we haven't get... hit on Juice. Uh, freaking Zeus. Yeah, dude. Zeus we get Zeus. So we get Ares. Zeus was amazing. We got a little bit of dialogue from him, too, like the whole yelling thing. Like, oh, yeah. Can... Him screaming and shooting the lightning bolts was so cool. It was amazing. And seeing, it, I'm not going to lie. The fan, the fanboy in me, definitely jumped up a lot in this movie. And uh, one of the first, one of the first couple times that I jumped up and cheered was when Ares was the one to give that almost killing shot oh, yeah. to Dark Side. Oh it yeah, it was ah, uh, it was great and just very, uh, very Thor esque though that he didn't go for the head. <laughs> Very Thor-ass that he didn't go for that. I would almost argue, even, based on the depth of his hit, he probably could have beheaded Darkseid. He could have. I would argue that, too, 100%. But, I mean, if Wonder I mean, Woman could do it, it to Steppenwolf with a sword, Ares can do it with a giant axe. I, <laughs> I am not arguing that at all. <laughs> I will say, though, it wouldn't help with the story, but it can yeah, definitely exactly. <laughs> Ares, It would have been a shorter Ares movie. Totally, <laughs> yeah, Ares totally has the strength to uh, kill dark side as we see that wonder woman clearly has the strength to kill steppenwolf (laughs) but yeah uh, not to go off on that whole tangent it he he definitely knows the story he knows the story of the old of the new gods storyline he because just watching that that whole part play out that was like i was almost reading a jack kirby story of the oh, new yeah. gods and the old gods it was when he t- that was what he was talking about would have been the main story of the third justice league movie he said was a new gods invasion oh my gosh so yeah so it would have uh, ended up leading into something like that which is great and so yeah. you know, who knows maybe maybe they end up making these uh so right. I'm, I'm gonna jump over now so I'm, yes I'm trying to think of of obviously there, there are other wonder woman scenes but i think at this point the rest of the movie they're kind of the same as the 2017 yeah. you get her great scene in when she's fighting steppenwolf in the big place where the flash kind of hits his hits her sword up to her and then you get the great fight that she has at the end uh, but i want to jump mm-hmm. over to and, and i know it's a little bit out of place but i want to jump over no. to aquaman because aquaman. i think aquaman out of all of these was and i'm saying this as nice as possible he was my least favorite of all of them oh really he didn't i i don't personally think he got enough screen time in terms of kind of explaining his background and what he like you know we get a couple bits where he says you know i'm not part of the surface world i'm not part of the the uh underwater world i'm kind of a, a man out of time sort of thing and, and obviously we get to see a little bit of an arc but i wasn't upset by it because if you want a great aquaman story all you need to do is just watch aquaman like that that movie kind of solves the problem but did you feel the same way a little bit i kind of liked aquaman's bit a little more i guess did you notice uh, any differences see. between this version and the 2017 version? Oh, hands down, 100%. We get a whole we get a whole dialogue from Willem from Willem. Oh, that's Defoe right with Willem Dafoe, yeah. Never in the 17 cut. And it th- this helps the story for the Atlanteans as far as as you don't need the origin because we got Aquaman, but we need to know 
why the Atlanteans are so important to the mother boxes. And Willem Dafoe gives that explanation perfectly. And anything that Willem Dafoe was in is beautiful, especially a black and white movie that's all about farting in the same room. (laughs) This is what was needed. And the fact that it wasn't in the 17 cut keeps proving to me that really all warner wanted all they wanted that they and they didn't and that proves they didn't care was the money that's all they wanted because they were very happy it sounds like they were pretty happy with what joss had did that also sounds like they didn't i'm i actually read an article last last week that they didn't like joss whedon's the final cut but then still, why release it then? It's it's not showing everything, and what you're missing, what you're missing is crucial character plot. And I guess I I'm okay with Momoa as Aquaman. I I like his take, but I can't help but really want a blonde Aquaman. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be that's that's a weird that obviously, yes, that's a weird thing to like admit, like of all the things to really have a gripe on with Aquaman. It's the fact that his hair isn't blonde. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, that is my one and only gripe. But I'm OK. I, I love Momoa. Like I I loved him in Game of Thrones. I loved him in um uh, what wasn't he in, in something else? I can't remember he, uh he i know he was in there was a movie he was in called braven that i saw that was pretty good i'm trying to think, oh yeah no there's something else we're missing for sure yeah he was in game of thrones uh, and as i'm thinking yeah. about it too i you know i think my favorite scene that he does honestly the, the only thing that i actively remember and think about from the 2017 justice league is the scene where he's on top of the batmobile as it's going mm-hmm. through the city. And then when he like jumps up into the air and cyborg catches him and all that, that scene is so insane. But I realized oh, I yeah. really like the scene where he's on the dock and he's, he's chugging yes. the, the whiskey and then the waves crash up and he disappears. Like that scene I think is awesome. And it was done a little bit differently. It felt too. Like it. And it was, and just that little bit, was all that I needed to like it that much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's definitely, a, all of his scenes are great. Like, is, is it cool if I mix all the scenes into Please one? Please do. Like, so, so his, his scene when he's on the Batmobile and uh, that whole battle sequence close to like more than more than half of the film through, that whole sequence also is altered a tad bit and altered in a way that was even was better for me uh because in the 17 cut we get we get more comic-esque of that scene so we see him on the batmobile and he's having a great time he's having fun and he's having so much fun that as he goes from the batmobile to cyborg he goes yahoo oh yeah yeah and and as he as cyborg brings him or flings him to one of the parademons and he starts having at it in the air and he uses one of them as a surfboard he goes all right yeah oh that and that reminded me of the legolas scene from lord of the rings (laughs) 
though those two bits of dialogue nowhere near this cut wait nowhere those you mean those cut. those were those were not in Zack Snyder's version meaning oh, he I thought he said he, yahoo in this one he he says yahoo he says he's it's either yahoo or all right and he only says it once okay okay and that's what and those little the little i'm just very particular i guess i i like i like those changes i i i like the the whedon changes in 17 this one it's zach i don't think he knows how to handle aquaman yeah, you know, that's probably what I was getting to and, and what I noticed as well is that he Because he I didn't want to I didn't want you to think that uh I didn't want you to think that my explanation of that was me liking that. I oh. didn't really like those changes the in in uh in this final cut. I liked mm-hmm. Josh Sweden adding the Yahoos and the all rights. Yeah. I, I really kind of did. And th- that kind of pr- in this cut taking those two bits of dialogue out of it for me was kind of the proof of you don't really know Aquaman that much, buddy. You don't, but it's okay. I like it. And that was literally my reaction as I, as I'm watching these little bits of Aquaman scenes, but he does get them overall. Yeah. Aquaman, he, he's definitely, yeah, he's at the bottom of the barrel for the character list for me. Yeah, he, he was for me as well. And again, <laughs> at the bottom of the barrel is still a fine place that's, to be in this that's movie. That's high praise, yes. Yes, like I, I wasn't like, I wish he wasn't in this movie. I just wish no. that, you know, Not honestly, I don't even know what it is that I wish, Juice, because I think even in like <laughs> I, the uh, the Aquaman movie, I be, I'm still thinking is my favorite DC movie. Uh, just because I just love that movie, but there's just something about Jason Momoa as Aquaman that I think, you know, is obviously different from the comics, excuse me, because uh, you know, he's a completely different character than the one in the comics, Mm -hmm. but I, I, and I liked the character in the comics as well. Like there were a couple of runs that I had read from, I think it was Jeff Johns when the, the new 52 started and uh, that I liked, but I've I've always been more attached to Aquaman as an idea than I have as a character, just because like I, I love the idea of somebody who's like the king of the seas. He can talk to fish. I love all of that. But then when you're trying to tell stories, it, it really feels like it's like, OK, there's like three stories that we can tell for for somebody like this. And then you're kind of that's that's about it like there's there's not much more you can do with him and you can kind of see that in this movie it's like okay we have to deal with the fact that he's torn between the two worlds like we get it that's a tale as old as time i think that's literally (laughs) that's literally the the little mermaid in that sense right where you know he's trying to be part of the and then that's fine he's trying to be part of their world totally and uh and he does a great job so no no knock against jason jason is fantastic in the movie and i'm remembering now he does say my man when when uh cyborg frozen and that i did like that that he doesn't but uh oh and you know what else i really liked i think my favorite bit from him was when uh at the end of the movie when he is looking at cyborg and he he turns to flash and says is he okay and he's like i thought you didn't care and he says i never Mm -hmm. said that and then like walks off but i was like it was a really nice piece of humanity for him as well of like trying to be a part of the team completely like and it's it just goes into that character development. That's what this movie lacked was the care and exactly what you wanted to talk about. And it's what needs to be talked about. The, 
you can't have a great movie without this fantastic character development even if it's not the best even if it's not the best portrayal of that character because yeah i mean the aquaman is not it, he isn't the strongest but he has his moments in this movie 100% there's a scene where they're about to they're about to go and fight that final battle in and in the bat cave when cyborg is getting is doing those upgrades right after like the exposition of how important cyborg actually is to this story aquaman says to flash we're putting a lot on a kid who just lost his father and i don't know if he's going to be able to do it it's stuff like that that aquaman definitely definitely like high hope high praises because that's what was zach knew that he was the character that needed to give that exposition you Mm -hmm. couldn't get that you can't really get that from batman because batman has been doing this literally his whole life you can't really get that from from flash because flash is just a kid as well he doesn't want to go up uh, he doesn't want to do this clearly at all and Wonder Woman, she could because she is who brought Cyborg in in the first place. But it to me, it definitely matters more to for Aquaman giving it because it's not just delivering, it's not just giving fantastic exposition for Cyborg, but it's adding on to Aquaman's story that he's actually, he does care as much as his characters showing, trying to show throughout the movie that he doesn't care. He does. And it's little bits like that, that really, that really stand out for me. And I just, I loved it. So, I mean, not the best character development for Aquaman, but that's high praises still, because it's great. Oh yeah. And I think that almost is, that might be one of my top favorite things about this movie, especially in regards to the differences between the prior is especially knowing that, you know, you've got that for autumn at the end of him, you know, him making this movie sort of for his daughter and uh, every single person in the justice league has a motivation, a very deep motivation that is rooted in their parents. And it's the sort of thing that comes from, it obviously doesn't come from Marvel. It comes from everywhere, but like Marvel has always done such a good job of like guardians of the galaxy one, all about, you know, Peter's mom. And then guardians two was all about his dad. Iron man's got daddy issues X, you know, you name it, you can find a parent that they're working on it. It always worked, but you never really saw that here except when everyone made fun of it in BVS. And honestly, I liked that scene in BVS, even in the theatrical. Cause I was like, it didn't hit me until they said it. And I was like, Oh my God, they both have a mom named Martha. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence. And I was like, what a great way to get them to stop fighting. And a lot of people were, you know, obviously hated that scene, but I liked it again because you're getting that parental connection that you never really saw. And so to see this, to see that like Batman is guided by the death of his parents Superman is now guided by the death of his, obviously his whole entire planet, but also his, his dad and, and, you know, all the connection he has with his mom, Gal Gadot, same thing with her mom. And then Ray Fisher's whole storyline revolves around his father and the relationship with his mom. 
Jason Momoa is driven by the rejection that he feels from his mom. And then also kind of the, the relationship with his dad, Ezra Miller, exact same with his dad. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there, that's all of them, I believe, but it's so mm-hmm. cool to see that they are all driven. And while they don't necessarily talk a lot about it, like there's not a, Oh, you know, my dad, well, you, there is right with the flash when he starts re refer- yeah. he starts reciting what his dad told him. And it's like, mm-hmm. you truly see in this movie, how these characters are driven by the legacies, their parents left them in one form or another. And it, it shines in this movie. Whereas in the last movie, or in the the 2017 version, you don't really get that. Like you get it a bit, oh. but it's not. It's so light. It's not like you can tell they weren't trying to push it. Whereas in this version, and I think that's a testament to Zach really wanting to honor the relationship he had with his daughter, is like showing exactly. even subtly that all of these people are driven by the relationships that they had with their parents. Exactly, and that is a great segue for me to just bring up one one bit that definitely goes along into this yeah he 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 the family aspect is everywhere in this film not just for the justice league and for the characters in the justice league but for our villains yes that's a great point it's it is uncanny the how much how meant how much is different and for the better like not just the fact that Steppenwolf looks amazing. Like he looks so much better than he did in 2017. The armor is so much better. That armor does not move at all in 2017. This armor moves with his mm-hmm. body in this version. It's it's a living it's a living armor that that he wears. And you it's and it's portrayed in such a beautiful way because Zack Snyder, the way he moves the camera to every time that we get Steppenwolf uh, going to, to his, uh, to his hideout, I guess we'll call it inside that uh, Chernobyl esque uh, Mm -hmm. nuclear plant, that metal, uh, the metal geo uh, hologram, we'll call it. It's the way he shows the way he shows like the sod, fantastic look and i love that it kind of teases to the point where we won't see his true look until close to the end of the movie i love that juxtaposition a lot um he the character as far as the character development the sod and dark side and steppenwolf this is a family this steppenwolf and here's where we're going to get into comic book lore and this is all me if you want uh, uh, did you know the story of the old gods do you know uh, no i don't at all no nope. all right word word i got you covered oh, steppenwolf awesome. <laughs> steppenwolf is the uncle of dark side so dark side is his nephew and he is the the leader of apocalypse Apocalypse is his created world, yeah. and Assad is more like a butler, I guess, to Darkseid. He mm-hmm. he does he 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 handles everything that Darkseid shouldn't the way that the way that uh, Alfred handles what Bruce handles the way that Alfred handles uh, what Bruce doesn't handle is what I should have said, and basically Darkseid. Uh, 
Darkseid, he kind of um, exiled Steppenwolf in a way, um, uh, uh, as far as the story with Darkseid and Orion. This is all in the New Gods comic, and I won't dive into that at all, because that's a whole explanation, and we do not want to drag on for more than, a, more than like, <laughs> hours on end. But basically, Darks, uh, Steppenwolf failed Darkseid, and in that failure, he ex- uh, Darkseid exiled him and basically told him, you, you can come back, but only once you have claimed a certain amount of worlds. Um, in this movie, he specifies it, but it's not really specified in the comics. So Steppenwolf is literally just conquering worlds until Darkseid is happy. But in this in this film, Zack uh, specifies it as fifty thousand worlds, and that's 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 crazy. Like he's been at this for so long, and so this betrayal or whatever dark whatever Steppenwolf did was even before, uh, probably before that that uh, fight sequence we get with the old gods and Dark Side. But Steppenwolf, he's desperate. He wants to come home to the to the point where like he is on his knees pleading and begging to just get an audience with dark dark side and the, the once we get that audience with dark side <laughs> alex what did you think of not I just was- I, I was weirdly blown away. Like I, at the end of the day, like I said, when, when I was watching the 2017, I hated Stefan Steppenwolf for so many reasons. He had, he had no real backstory. Everything that he did was so generic. His design mm-hmm. was generic. You could, I, I was like, who even is this guy? Like I said from the few minutes at the beginning when he's fighting the Amazons, I, it, me and my buddy, when we were watching it, Todd, he, we were like, like instantly like instantly better than 2017 and so by the time we get to the end of this movie and you just see what a powerhouse he is you see what how strong he is and the fact Mm -hmm. that when dark side shows up and he doesn't even show up as himself he shows up as the weird form from that monolith that that steppenwolf immediately removes the armor from his head And I just, I got goosebumps when he did that again, a testament to the good storytelling, but I was like, he is so concerned with getting back into his good graces that he's like, look, I'm, I'm prostrating myself in front of you. I'm taking my armor down. I am putty in your hands. Like, just tell me what I can do. And that's his nephew. And that's his nephew folks. And that's, and that's where like, and I don't think they ever talk about that in the movie, but what a, what a cool Easter egg to know, because that, that reminds me good or bad of like all of those classic period pieces of the very young King who had, like, you know, you know what it reminds me of, and I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but the, that movie, the King on Netflix with uh, Timothy. Cause didn't, didn't his uncle like try, he was like trying to manipulate him and he kind of knows it. And I think it's so. The yeah. Same thing where it's like your younger generation is so much more powerful than you. And <laughs> you just want to st- you know, you just want to ride that wave. Like, I don't care if he's my nephew. I just want to be there so that I'm always right. safe and I can, you know, share in the wealth sort of thing. So what a, what a struggle. And, and I guess again, Testament to Steppenwolf himself, but like, if that was me, and obviously I'm only a human, but if my nephew was like, yeah, I'll let you come back to the family barbecue. If you take over 50,000 worlds, I'd be like, would <laughs> right. you, what about, what about 20? And he'd have been like, well, 
right. 20, how about 20,000? I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. I'll, I'll go make my own way. That's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Steppenwolf's over yeah. here. Like I will gladly do this for you until the day that I die in order exactly. to show you that I'm sorry. I'm like, wow, if that honestly, and it sounds really sad, but it's like, if that's not, if that is some weird type of love, like what it's, a it's sort of crazy to be involved in this family is just wild. It's, it's, yeah, it is outrageous. Like it, he, he goes to a lot of lengths and it shows us, it shows not just the character development, but the story development. Like, okay, he, he needs to do this. We're, he, uh, he, he's going to like, get these mother boxes and we kind of need more of what where these mother boxes are how how is he going to do it and just as it plays on where after we get the uh flash sequence now i'm not just gonna brush over it actually the flash sequence we get right after uh it was right after part what is it part three started that's when uh that's when we get the part three is cyborg and flashes uh parts to me 100 oh, percent. Okay, right? okay but um but it, the flash sequence was great We're like talking about what did with, you uh with uh, what's her face iris iris oh yeah, my what God. did you think of that intro introduction uh, absolute goosebumps as it was going because and, and it's funny because again in the 2017 version i did not like the flash i was like mm-hmm. i'm not a huge fan of ezra miller as the flash these jokes oh. that he's saying are not my type of humor he i i don't think he is funny not at all and, yeah. and when he i don't remember what movie he was in uh it, it, i don't think it was fantastic beasts but it was some movie where he was saying some jokes and i was like Oh, he actually is really funny. I was like, Ezra Miller is a pretty funny guy, but in Justice League, mm-hmm. I did not think he was funny. And so when you know he's in this one, not some of the stuff that he said still didn't make me laugh. But the amount of things that he did that weren't funny on purpose, like the serious pieces, were life changing for me in terms of my Completely. opinion on him. So that piece to just just see him struggling to try and get a job, and then he sees Iris and has this instant connection with her. And the fact that he just like turns oh, oh, by the way, I will say too this, you know, when this scene started, I said, wow, the, the people of uh, this universe are really driving. <laughs> like this is the second person yeah, movie that has had like a car accident happen to them. And so it's like when it happens, though, <laughs> the fact that he just like looks over and then the world stops, I'll, I'll say this too. And it's not a huge nitpick. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the music choices that Zach picked here and not, not because they were bad. They just weren't the, the songs that I would have picked uh-huh. uh, every scene when it would go into slow-mo in my head, I was like, Oh, I could have picked a better song for that. But, but I, I kind of let myself go and I was like, fine, just, just enjoy it. And I did. I'll so tell you what music yeah, starts no, I'll... and he starts walking slowly out and I'm like, in that moment, I was like, oh, I love how they're doing the flash now. Like, I love this idea of him, right. like his shoes immediately just disintegrate and he just walks out the door and then he takes his sweet time getting to her. And I kept thinking like, Very. come on, come on, come on. But then I was like, oh, wow, no, he is that fast that he can take the yeah. time 
kind of brush her hair aside and then slowly <laughs> tilt her to get her out of the way and all the oh my god and then the car flips so and and he's gone and i was like god that it was awesome i loved it no you don't you don't need me to tell you that this was not in the 17 cup right <laughs> absolutely not nope not at all but it, it's funny because it, it, it makes so much sense like again that's what i mean by that film school study like this scene is a crucial scene to showing who flash is because you're seeing somebody who's who obviously is struggling with making ends meet or struggling to find a job that he's going to like hey i'll go to a pet store you know i'll just work with with animals i'll do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. and for him to kind of express to this lady she's like oh like you know what are your references all this stuff like you can tell it starts looking like he's probably not going to get this job and mid interview he leaves to go save somebody like that's all you need to know about who flash is as a character exactly and it only took like five minutes it was not (laughs) only five minutes and it's yeah this this is what this is the crucial bit and i'll tell you what like you um you said before you're not really a huge fan of the music choices in the slow-mo that that we in the slow-mos that we get especially in this one as much as you're not a fan of the music that we get i'm not a fan of what Zach chooses to hang on to in the slow-mo shots. Mm. And what I mean by that, like what I mean by that. So the slow-mo starts right, right at the car crash, right at there. We get a whole two second camera shot of a sesame seed falling. Oh yeah. Yeah. We get a whole like couple shots of like a dog barking. I can get behind the dog barking. I can get behind showing us the shoes disintegrating. I can't get behind all of the food slow-mo shots. Like I I kind of get it at this point. And that's 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 where my gripe with Zack Snyder comes in. Because it's not his fault. It's really not. He he knows what he's doing here and he knows that he's good at it. I am not a fan of the art style so much. Like, I love the slow-mo. I really do. But yet, I don't need a full zoom-in close-up shot of a sesame seed. I don't really need that. Um, I I really like how he indicated the grabbing the hot dog. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, why is he grabbing this hot dog? I was like, and I even said, I was like, Oh dear God, please let him eat this hot dog in slow motion. (laughs) Like I want to see him eat it. And then he just puts it in (laughs) his pocket. And I was like, what is he doing? But then it made total sense at the end. I was like, Oh nice. He still wants that job. I swear to God, I was going to give this movie such shit. If he (laughs) ended up eating that hot dog in the slow-mo shot. Well, and I was like, you know, it makes sense. I was like, I get it because it was it was totally. from a hot. It was probably a hot dog. Like it was at the stand. Yeah. It had been cooking. So I'm sure you, sure you right. could just eat it. But I was you like, that's a weird, that. you know, a that's weird a art choice to show him eating a hot dog. And so I was kind of glad. But then I was also like, wait, like, why is he putting it in his pocket? But then it made total sense because then, he, you know, he feeds the dogs with it. And that was great. That exactly. again, a whole scene where you are kind of questioning why it's there. But then you're like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. And now I like Flash. Exactly. And that's, and this mixed with the, the uh, scene with his, with him, with his father in the jail scene, that's all, that's, 
kind of the same footage. Like, I couldn't really pinpoint mm-hmm. any differences in dialogue. Yeah. Because he's still, he's still telling Barry that he doesn't want him to be, to be dragging on to him being in the prison. He wants him to make something of him without his father. Uh, so that was all in the 17 cut. Um, I'll be, I'll, I swear, man, I'll be, I'll be darned if Zack Snyder didn't make me like Ezra Miller's Flash. I, I, I even just from that one, like putting aside the insanity that we get at the end of the movie, just this yeah. one scene, I was like, I need a Flash movie and I need it right now. I like, need it. I, I, yeah. I love, and, and I need it. Honestly, I was like, I need a Zack Snyder one because he I did such so. a good job of doing the slow-mo flash of like showing how just how fast he is in a way that I think is different enough from Quicksilver because you know you especially when I was watching the original version my my mind is immediately going to Days of Future Past because in my opinion that's like one of the best speedster slow-mo scenes is that scene in the kitchen and so to see him be uh, like the bit where he just puts his finger on the door and all the glass explodes. Like that is something that's completely different, I think, from uh, from Quicksilver. But then I love the little bits of lightning that show up everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think that was awesome. And so you know what I'm so doing? Good. I'm making juice. I'm making an executive decision. We're moving on in okay. the sense in the sense of it's time to talk about Flash. I can't hold it in anymore. So. <laughs> Uh, so we get this scene with him okay. and we get a bunch of basic scenes with him that we've already seen where, you know, Batman shows up and tries to recruit him. And uh, mm. even in that scene, I liked it better already than when in the 2017, when I watched it, I was like, that's where I was like, he's not funny to me. Like, why is he, you know, he's got these weird jokes. Oh, I, you know, I do competitive ice skating or whatever it is that he competitive ice dancing. Uh, but it hit a lot better because you see the way that he acts in those prior scenes. And so we get the cool battering throw where he catches it and he says, oh, okay, I see you're fast. Mm-hmm. But I love that scene as well, just because Batman is again, showing his humanity, but I really want to dive into those other flash scenes. So the, I, we obviously there's the big one at the end with the speed force, but there's another yeah. one. And I, I'm trying to remember what it is. What is it that he like, isn't it him powering I think it's empowering the mother box, right? Is that the other big scene that he has, or is there another one? Yeah. So it, as we're in, as we're in that uh, that final battle sequence, he what he has to do is create create as much speed as he can to break the speed of light, right? To get that charge, uh, get the, the get the charge that cyborg needs to connect to the unity, um. And he needs to do that right as the unity is happening. So it's like, it's that, in, that one instance shot that he needs to do. And the way he, the way he's running. And so. Oh yeah. And you see, like you see the circle around, around the entire battlefield, that blue circle. And yes, just running. That's what that is. Insane. It's he, so that's him getting up to the speed that he needs. And as he's doing that, yeah, he he's trying so hard and he's there. He's there. And he's telling Cyborg, like, you got to do it now. got to. But it's, it's Steppenwolf, obviously, giving so much, like, giving all that he can to make sure this doesn't happen to the point where at the last minute we get that big reveal sequence of you know who um 
and well, better all than of that, that we get we get what i was completely not expecting which was yeah. a freaking parademon just a lowly parademon somehow figures yeah. out ooh I, I it almost looked like he was like analyzing the shadows which hey you know what if that's the case i'm scared for the future because those parademons are pretty smart but he shoots flash flash gets injured and he's like hang on it's just a flash no, wound, which yeah. i love be- stay because you knew that it wasn't like you knew that it yeah. was a serious injury and that he's like you know what i gotta suck this yeah. up and yeah, i and bad. then you know dark side shows up and all that stuff starts happening and i legitimately was like wait they're oh, are they gonna lose and then i was like oh right? no he's gonna go back in time and then yeah dude and oh my god <sighs> and he stands there and i'm i hope you can correct me if i'm saying this wrong but he says he says like come on barry We've got like we got we got to do this. You have to break the rule just this once, yes. or something like that. And yes, because that the his one rule we he doesn't really dive into it much, and he doesn't have to. Like I'm pr- almost certain the Flash movie will dive into this, but when he says you have to break your one rule, that one rule is going back in time because yeah. he knows he's fast enough to go back in time to do what he wants to do, which is save his mother. Right. And then he's so he's like, I don't think he gets any distance, but he just puts yeah, his he just feet down it. on the ground. And Dude. he's like, and he says, he says, dad, something like dad, if you can hear yeah. me, I like, I am the best of the best. I will be the yes. best of the best. And, oh he, God, and I'm just Dude. like, and I'm getting chills just saying it. But in the, when yeah. I was watching, I was just like, oh my God. Because this whole movie, he's, it's, Zach is, and throughout this whole movie portraying flash that he can't quite do it yet or not that he can't quite do it yet he doesn't want to right he, he mentally he can't can do, do it. it he he, he knows he through exactly and and just the that the build-up the build-up to it to where he he has to run this whole circle around the uh around the city and get get to the point where he can do it and he tells Vic he has to do it now or never but then we fast forward to when he doesn't need that buildup. He can just do he can, it. Yeah, he can. Oh, uh, you're so right. I didn't even realize that. That Yeah, he doesn't he, even need to build up. He is fast enough to just do it on his own. Because he Oh, and then I love seeing his just his, his, uh, his wound just instantly heals. Yeah. And then he just Dude, starts he, running forward and everything as yes. he goes starts going backwards. Going. going backwards. And oh my God. And then he just touches cyborg and then boom and it was like oh like i can't Uh, imagine seeing that in theaters oh dude i swear to god if i had seen this movie in theaters like oh yeah and imax for sure i don't think i love that i I love i know we didn't talk about it in the beginning but i loved the aspect ratio of it being a square instead of being widescreen because i think that will play really well in imax because i always have a hard time kind of seeing the screen when it's so big and wide i like that it will just be a square and it's going to look even bigger 100 percent. i'm a huge advocate for this ratio it's not so much of me being fond of it because i i'll admit I like having the full screen oh, sure. on my TV, like represented in the full screen. If you really can, if the option's available, I'll take it. But I can appreciate the aspect ratio and I can respect it being presented in this ratio and in no other ratio, at least until another ratio is made because right. it's, 
as much as you can as much as you can argue that uh, you can you can be the guy that argues uh no it's not it's not my entire screen this isn't showing everything in the movie because it's got two two bars on each side of the screen how is that giving me the whole image if you're not giving me the entire screen it's it is the entire image um won't go into it completely but to be a to be a slight geek the aspect ratio of IMAX is a lot is a lot more of a presentation than the widescreen ratio and that's even when it's that's even when it's presented on your tv so um that that's not just for you alex but for the listeners as well if if you're one of those if you're one of those uh advocates that are like i don't like this ratio think about it in that aspect because if if you were to put this in in a in widescreen there would be a lot of a lot of uh Stephen wolf images and and old god battle sequences that we wouldn't get the entire image of and it would be a completely different vision of the movie if mm-hmm. you ask me yeah. but but yeah um it just flash um just being able to to like the character development that Zach gives with flash showing right from the beginning how he is limiting himself and it's both a conscious a conscious limitation and an unconscious limitation Mm -hmm. and the way that zach proves that both of those limitations are 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 solved by the end of this movie and how the resolution of those limitations are are a key factor to the sequence the battle sequence of the film is is all the reason i need to honestly really really like Ezra Miller's Flash like oh absolutely don't get me wrong I am a huge I am a huge advocate of Grant Gustin as Flash and if you don't know who that is oh that I, is yeah like I, I am too I watched I think I watched the first three or four seasons of The Flash and I loved it I I thought Grant yeah. Gustin was perfect honestly when they announced Ezra Miller I was like well that's a miss they should have just had Grant Gustin do it but exactly I, I get but, it but yeah, I, I get, get it. it because I'm okay with and it now like I want Ezra it, it, Right. And I'm not and I don't fault that at all because Grant Gustin, I could feel I feel like he would be very, uh, very overwhelmed with the role because he's more used to TV acting. I haven't really seen him in many movies, so I can feel how overwhelming it would be. So I don't fault it. But me just not liking Ezra Miller at all as an actor or as a person is an advocation of why I don't like him as Flash. But I can disregard all of that to un- to see and appreciate a great character development, a yeah. great character plot, and so much better that Flash's arc is one of uh, not the not the hierarchy of what makes me love this movie, but one of definite factors that make me love this movie because. Yeah. We're gonna save the best for last, oh, if you don't mind me saying. And... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's there's uh, one other piece that I think I want to touch on with Flash, and that's yeah. that I think I don't remember, and you'll know because you saw it in twenty, you just saw twenty seventeen. But I feel like the team and Snyder 
takes Flash more seriously in this film to where yeah, he cracks jokes sometimes, but there are so many instances where he is the one who is pushing everyone further. Like there's the whole bit with the yes. mother box bringing Superman to life. Flash is the one that suggests that they should do it. He's like, somebody mm -hmm. say it. He's like, I don't want to say it, but somebody needs to in say 17, it. In 17, he's the one that doesn't want to do it. In this one, he's the one that helps want. Yeah, to do and he's it. like, and it's cool because there, there was another piece I don't remember what, but it was like at some battle where they're all kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he says, he's like, guys, this is not united when they're mm -hmm. in the fighting. Like, he's the one that is constantly reminding them of like, mm -hmm. hey, don't forget, we've got a job to do. And so it was so cool yep. that not only oh. is he the one doing that, but that the rest of the team is like, yeah, copy that. Like, I love that he yeah. said, guys, we are not united. And then Batman's like, all right, you go do this, you go do this. And, and he like is like, yep, awesome. So it's like he he's the linchpin Huge. to kind of get people yeah. back on the same page. And I think that's, again, such a testament to this movie versus the last one where he felt like a throwaway character in the last movie. And now we truly do get, in my opinion, a full story arc for Flash that is honestly more powerful Completely. than a lot of the other characters in this movie. And if you ask me, like, yeah, 100%. Because the whole... Um, the whole Steppenwolf sequence right as right in the beginning of what is it part four yeah right right when part four starts uh when they're going up to meet the big the big bad flash flash's whole aspect like the just his whole representation in this movie is a complete 180 from the 17th cut yeah like there uh immediately what i notice is there is no them looking uh them looking at what steppenwolf is doing at a distance and flash saying okay i uh, i am a, i i have a huge fear of tall things and demons and just uh, uh murder and batman turns in and says save one and and flash says just save one person none of that is in this movie yeah it's all flash like being it's flash literally i swear to god this the, the one quick it's a quick sequence very quick but a fan of the comics like of the justice of the justice league origin comic caught this immediately uh the justice league origin comic is very very loosely this movie is very loosely based oh yeah on that, uh -huh. where where you the the beginning sequence of justice league origin is practically the beginning of the 17 justice league uh but specifically what i love is the change from the 17 version to this one with the whole with that whole flash bit instead of what we got in 17 in this one we got i'm guessing that's the bad guy Batman goes, good guess. Direct quote from Justice League Origin. Really? And I love That's that awesome. so much more. I love that so much more because it's that that is what what Flash would have said. It, it it's proven in the comics at that point. And yes, mm -hmm. I will I will definitely take that as an argument. Uh, but it's it's the way that it's presented in this whole sequence, like the sword tip. The sword tip was in the 17th cut of Justice League. What was changed, there's a slight change in the 17th cut uh, between in, in that slow-mo shot and this one. And I don't know if you caught it, 
but what it is is in the middle of that whole slow-mo shot as Flash is running because uh, Wonder Woman's trying to get to her sword as it's falling and we get him with that sword tip and he trips. In the 17 cut, we hear, if you turn on the subtitles, you don't really hear it in the dialogue of the movie, but if you have subtitles on, it'll say it. Flash whispers or sighs the F-bomb. In this movie, that doesn't happen. Interesting. Yeah, no, definitely didn't notice that. I was trying to catch if there were any differences because to me, that scene, that's one of those... uh, and I, I feel like I, sh- I shared this on the Discord back when I was uh-huh. watching the ultimate cut. Like I, I was just sitting there when I was watching it on, on my big screen. And there's yeah. just so many shots in the movie where I was taking pictures of the shots on my phone because I was like, this is so <laughs> cinematic. And I think that is one of the scenes in this movie, like almost above any others of cinema quality is the sort of Michelangelo of Flash pointing with his one finger and touching the tip while Wonder Woman is reaching for it the other way. And so I I was like, okay, like maybe there's going to be more. But then I realized as it happened, I was like, what what did he really Mm -hmm. accomplish with that, though? Because like she catches the sword, but then she still just lands at the bottom of the silo like nothing like she would. The sword would have just gotten down to the bottom of the silo first and she would have grabbed it. So I was trying to figure out, like, why is it that he does that? Is it Mm -hmm. so that because I guess I'm asking you, is there did you notice that at all? uh as far as what exactly i'm sorry i'm just like so like what 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 do you think the point was in terms of the story why did flash tip the sword to wonder woman if she was already going to land on the ground she would have grabbed her sword once it landed on the ground like was he trying to save something or he had to uh i i want to say it was really to give wonder woman as much time as she needed like he knows I at this point, okay, okay. Flash knows that Wonder Woman is a force for yeah. Steppenwolf. Like, uh, I, I, yeah, they just met, but already in just meeting, Wonder Woman is the one that he wants to fight. Wonder Woman is the one that he says she's mine, and that's right before that sword tip slow mo moment, yeah, where. Flash obviously knows that he needs to give Wonder Woman all the boost that she can get. Yeah, and that's a good point. Okay, I'll I'll buy that. But, I, um, I loved that line by the way, where she says, "I don't belong to anybody," and yeah, I was like, that, oh, oh, uh, "You stepped on the wrong." Yeah, no, you mess. don't. I was like, "Yeah, no, you don't." Yeah, hmm. exactly. Uh, but um, but what I really also like too, and this is a small shout out for Steppenwolf. Also, um, he he's got these little uh he's got these little drones that are connected oh my god yes yeah i love them them. they were such (laughs) high tech i was like this is this is the coolest tech ever that you can have a spider go on your head and it will project your secret thought about whatever it is that it's looking for and so good mother boxes it's so good and that's another thing like i want to know i want to know who decided to put take that out because i would have kind of liked that with not with not liking how steppenwolf looked in the 17 cut at least give me those spiders mm-hmm. at least give yeah. me that <laughs> i feel like my, but, my um, mom needs those spiders for whenever she's trying to figure out who the actor is in the movie when she's trying to tell me it's the, <laughs> the guy with the face and i'm like okay mom that's right? not helping at all let me get this spider <laughs> in my head. It'll, it'll show me exactly who you're thinking about 
Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. Of those spiders too. So it's funny. We're, we're still, we are still saving the best for last, but we did uh, kind of skip over a pretty big character. So let's move yes. to Superman. Yes. Um, I, and I, I uh, loved Superman in this movie. I have enjoyed Superman in all of these movies. Again, like I said, I like him as more of a ambiguous yeah. character piece because he is so powerful that I, I feel like you have to address the elephant in the room of if yeah. this guy went bad, how would you even be able to stop him? And the fact yeah. that he is only not bad by the sheer force of will that his parents have put onto him through, you know, the values that he has been taught through the love that he has for Lois. And it's like, if he doesn't have those things, which they hint at at the very mm -hmm. end of the movie in the nightmare sequence, the fact that like Lois is the key and it's presumed in that. Well, I don't think it's presumed. I think they say it in that, that Lois dies and mm -hmm. You know, that's when he goes bad. Like the fact that yeah. Superman is hanging and, and I, you know, again, as a storyline, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I hate that about Wonder Woman, that she is constantly held back by a man who, you know, she yeah. knew for a couple of weeks, a hundred years ago. Uh, and, and Superman's the same way. The fact that he is hung on a woman. Uh, and, and again, you can always argue, well, they meant, they meant a lot to him, but like as a story, a story driver, it's weak. But yeah. Superman, it makes total sense because it's like you don't realize the such a fine line that he is dancing on that like all that it takes yes. to make him be a villain is that one person dies and he's suddenly a bad guy like that is such a fascinating conversation to have that Superman is in yeah. Superman's case, he really is one bad day away from just turning into the worst thing the planet has ever yes. seen. Yes, and that is a fascinating concept. Very, very, and I'll, I'll be, I'll admit, I'm not a huge fan of how Zach portrays Superman, but I'm still a fan of it, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think he, he, there's he something does. about it that's missing. And I don't, I, I mean, and you can argue, anyone could probably pose what it is. I don't really know what it is. It's just, there's just yeah, something about it that's something. missing. And I don't, it's not, it's not like, oh, he needs to be more all American or he needs to be more virtuous. Like, no. I think he is pretty good at that. He does. He plays a he really good stoic Superman that cares for the people that he loves and cares for the community. But at the same time, yeah. like, I love the scene where when they, you know, they bring him back to life. And he mm -hmm. immediately starts fighting people, but I liked how, yeah. and, and you'll have to tell me if this was in the 2017, the fact that it was like, if Cyborg's tech had not malfunctioned, they could have probably just talked to him and they would. Yeah, this and um, this majority of this uh, scene of this Superman, Superman reintroduction, generally most of it is like for like for, uh, from 17. Not much has changed here. Um, we still get that. I love the one of this is one of my favorite shots of the slow mo of Flash running. Oh up my god, Superman. yes! Like we'll when his eyes get so big. Shots, yeah. When his eyes get so big, and Superman go uh, looks at the corner of his eyes. We'll always love that shot. Oh, yeah. but it's the it's uh it's the way Zach knows how to handle Superman. I I'm not a huge fan, but. He still gets it as much as what I'm not a fan of is how Zach portrays Superman. It's not that I'm not a fan of him portraying him at all because he knows Superman. And I yeah. love I, I love what he 
knows because what he knows he I guarantee you there's a quote one of my favorite quotes about Superman that I'll always love and it's one of the reasons why I love Batman so much because Batman has been quoted to know Superman so well that he says and I quote I don't know which comic this is from but it's definitely a quote from Batman it is a remarkable dichotomy in many ways, Clark is hu- is more human than us all, but then he shoots fire from his eyes, and it is remarkable not to think of him as a god, and how fortunate we are we all are that it does not occur to him. Yeah. Zach knows that line 100%, and it's shown beautifully in this reintroduction, because what does he not know? I mean... You let's 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 put a scenario on anyone who's listening and you as well, Alex. Let's say you die and you come back to life. It's gonna take a minute, and especially Especially, for humans, say the longer that you're gone, the longer it's gonna take for you to take for you to remember. Exactly to the point where this is a Superman that doesn't know his limits. This is a Superman that knows that there are that knows that there are not really that many limitations oh these guys are trying to fight me and i can actually see their skeletons this guy i've never seen before he's he's got some kind of metallic uh, ai upgrade mixed in and he's looking at me like he wants to fight i'm gonna go and start fighting him i don't care i this is all new to me that whole that whole um sequence is from the Justice League 17. And that that is one of my, this is one of my favorite sequences of the movie, of both cuts. It's Snyder knowing Superman to the point where if he comes back, it's going to take a lot to bring, to once he's back, to get him back. Yeah. Because he's not just going to be back. He's, he's going to be, he's, he's going to be kind of a bad guy, but it's a, it's fresh he's fresh and it's up to it's up to the good guys to give him the nudge that they that they need him to get instead of him going to the dark side and helping dark side no pun intended yeah or pun intended you know Um, it's like uh it's kind of like stitch in lilo and stitch where you know yeah he's an alien that mentally is and it's it's such a funny conversation i don't even know if zach was thinking about this but it's like you're every person on on planet earth their mind like their life is told as a sort of story right like you you all the experiences that you have in your life they craft the story in your head of what meaning is for you like what is the meaning of your life it's all the experiences that you've had it's all the interactions that you've had but at the same time to be human you're you're no like we are one step above monkeys above dogs above all of that stuff and you know they they just do their thing like they they operate on instinct alone they don't have the mental capacity to craft these stories and these concepts that are almost like building the foundation of a house of this is what it means to be human i i i stop at red lights i don't yell at people in public i don't burn houses down like those are all things that you could do if you wanted to like the joker does but you know not to because you've been taught that over and over throughout your life and so superman is an alien from a planet that he doesn't even know anything about like he was he was shot away from that planet before he even learned yeah. anything and so he lands on earth 
he doesn't really know he's an alien, but he does. But he he was very lucky that his parents were exactly. so that you know they instilled these values in him. But just like any animal, like you come back from the dead, it's gonna take like you said, it takes a bit for your brain to boot up and remember exactly. all of those programs that you've learned about being nice to people and saving the planet. Like all you know is your root self, like an animal. And that's yes. kind of how he is. And and the fact that and, and I use Stitch as an example because there's that scene in Lilo and Stitch where he He's a really nice creature that loves Lilo, mm-hmm. but there's that one bit where he actually turns evil and he like scratches her or something, but it just shows how, again, that fine line that Superman lives on to where he is literally yeah. one step away from he could just destroy this entire planet if he wanted to. And he, he wouldn't be wrong for it because that's his nature. Like he could do yeah. And he, Zack Snyder does such a good job of showing that in that part, because again, if Cyborg didn't attack him, Lois would have shown up in probably what it, what would have been, because a lot of that's yeah. in slow-mo. It probably would have been like five, 10 minutes. Had they just been like exactly. Bruce or, you know, Kal-El, hang on, hang tight. Your, your lady is coming. Just trust us. Have a seat. I'm sure you're stressed out from this. Like they could have done, it could have gone such a different way, but because of that dang, uh, uh, defense yeah. that cyborg has ruins <laughs> everything and it shows you how fragile he is as a person because and, and they talk about it i mean you're talking about it in that quote like yeah if he were to just have one little difference he could become the most evil person ever if he needed to and exactly. i like that zach shows that in this movie and yeah i guess the because i love it it's the the portrayal of this of that quote like he he knows that one like you said one bad day one bad one small bad thing and everything is done and we get a little bit of that in the in the final sequence of this movie and i'll i'll we'll go into that a little bit in just a second but my favorite one of my favorite superman scenes is shared with batman and it's it's not a scene that's after the battle it's not a scene that's in the very end of the movie it's actually right inside the battle of him coming back to life Mm -hmm. superman is literally about to kill batman there is a quick second where i literally jumped out of my seat and said don't kill batman he would like he lasers him and his gauntlet works, but only works to a point where he has to throw off the gauntlet right. before it burns his arm off. And then he's lying down against the armored vehicle and Superman is ready to shoot. And he actually does. He shoots. And for a second, you Batman is lying down with both arms on either side of his body. But at the last second of when Superman shoots his heat vision, Batman Batman uh, brings his other arm that has the gauntlet up. Right. I did not see him move that arm up. I really thought Superman had just killed Batman. Oh, wow. And th- th- for me, on the first viewing, I... <sighs> I was scared, Alex. I was because obviously Zach's not going to do that. He's not going to kill Batman. We need Batman. But I'll be darned if I didn't think that we just lost Batman there. Like I, I praised, 
I was like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> that, that whole sequence is the proof that this is Superman who doesn't know he's Superman, only that he knows he's got powers and these people seem like a threat. Yeah. And the fact that Zach literally dragged that on almost to the point of death to one of the heroes was that was landmarking work for me like that helped get this movie up to almost my my very favorite dcu movie for this yeah no you're absolutely right that whole bit you know i loved when uh, I loved when they were headbutting each other, him and him and Wonder Woman, and he Wonder just Woman. like lifts her up in the sky and then smashes her yeah. back down. That was intense. That whole the whole battle itself was there. And again, like even even when I and watched it, it the first part. time in theaters, I was like, ah, like of course he would have to fight people. But it is true, like that that is what would happen. I would assume, you know, when when you come back from the dead and you don't know yourself. But of course, you know, Lois Lane shows up and and he immediately is stopped, which is fantastic. But like I said, I, I honestly wasn't a huge fan of the Lois Lane, uh, you know, Martha bits. I yeah. get why they were there, but you know, I'm more about I'm trying to watch a Justice League movie. I'm not trying to watch Superman mm-hmm. go back to the farm. But I'm glad that it happened. Yeah. I'm glad that he went back. This is what. This is the bit that I that I was talking about as far as not liking. Oh, okay, good. Then we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, I like no, it. Was fine. I, I, I like fine. Like, I get it. it you was, have to have a little okay. bit of background because you can't just have Lois show up and him be like, "Oh, I'm like I'm cured." Because again, that is such a cliche sort of. Okay, yeah, the but, woman shows up and suddenly he, the man, is healed. I like yeah, that. But it we took don't him need some time. But the I best part I this. liked was when uh, when Lois hugs him and just whispers to him, "Let's get out of here." Yeah, that, that I really did like that. And there's actually a little bit of a difference between oh, really? between Seventeen's cut and this cut, and it's not it's not them leaving like her saying, "Let's go, yeah, let's just go, just go." That's all the same. What's different is when they're on the farm, and I really like this dialogue change because it just it's another it's another example of this be of Seventeen's cut being more of a comic book what comic book story with comic book dialogue and this cut having more story dialogue really helping with the character development and what it is is um in the 17 cut she said uh they're talking on the field and she says you smell good and he says did i not before that always (laughs) played weird to me that i never really liked that dialogue in this cut it's remarkably different it's similar but the difference is remarkable she instead says because um we get them we get that shot of them being in the field and he says home or something in the sense of him remembering yeah and she says you spoke yeah. And he says, did I not before? Because yeah, now right. he's remembering <laughs> that he's Superman. Now he's remembering that he's Clark Kent. And he's wondering, did I not speak before when I was alive? Like, what? So I liked that more than the you smell good. Because it, it again, plays into him now knowing who he is. 
And as much as I don't like Zack Snyder uh, needing to tell us that he, that Superman needs Lois to get back into the reality and back to the fight that's looming over the planet as we speak, I, I'll, that, and that's a, this is a quote direct from, uh, from our, uh, from one of our one of our friends uh that we actually contribute for for the mcu fan show sean gerber he says that uh that you don't need you don't need lois or or or, uh a significant other to come back to a reality that is about to have a planet planetary threat that is literally looming over us instead have him get back to the have him get back to that battle like i mean as much as i don't like it i know how much it is needed because you can't superman can't come back without having those connections and i think it is played just right for me to not hate it i don't like it it goes back but i don't to what i was saying earlier about rebuilding those found those mental foundations of who he is as a person and you know his his foundation at the end of bvs is i am a son i am a uh, sort of spouse or i'm a lover and so kind of reconnecting with those pieces i get that and i can see where snyder was like yes this is important because that's how it would go i think in the real world but i I totally agree with sean too that like yeah I, i wouldn't like if I was Superman, you should see the world is about to end and go, okay, all right, I got to get my head in the game, but you just came back from the dead. You need like, fine. If that's, if that's how it goes for the movie, I'm okay with it. But, but I totally, I totally see that for sure. Yeah. But when he comes back and I think, I think when he comes back, it's very, uh, very different from 2017 when he shows up in his new black costume. Yes. So, and there's a lot of controversy with this black suit and Here's where I, this is, this is what I find to be the reason for the black suit. And hopefully this is a little bit of clarity. So let's rewind a little bit to Man of Steel. In, the Man, of, in Man of Steel, on, in the beginning of that and throughout a little bit of the film as well, we see the black suit. Um, in the beginning, yeah. specifically, we see that black suit. Everyone is wearing a black suit under the big body armor that they're wearing because they are wearing body armor in that beginning sequence in Man of Steel. But under the, all that body armor, even we, we even see it on Zod in the final battle sequence of Man of Steel. He rips off his armor, so he's in just that black suit. The black suit is the honorable mention to Krypton, to Krypton itself. It is the original suit that all Kryptonians wear. It's like it's like their everyday, it's their everyday outfit. Mm-hmm. And he's and the so when we see him wearing the black suit, we only see it in few instances throughout each of these three movies. In Man of Steel, we don't see Clark wearing that black suit until the end in a nightmare with Zod he's in that black suit with the black cape and everything. And that's when Zod is explaining uh, what happened to Krypton, how your father was a scientist on the world. Clark's in that black suit. Cause that's, that's, that's Zach showing us as the viewer that 
Superman is kind of experiencing what Krypton really is. And as he's in that nightmare sequence, so he we kind of see Clark being kind of confused as to what he's wearing. He doesn't really know how important the suit he's wearing is. Not until uh, not until BBS when he gets more he gets more of dialogue with uh, Kevin Costner, his father, uh, saying like this world needs you, uh, like you you were sent here for a reason and he as as the movies as all the movies progress it starts becoming more clear to clark that he is not just a human he is a kryptonian and krypton matters what krypton stood for is what earth should stand for and that is hope can be found anywhere he says in he says in the 17 cut and i don't fault Whedon for this. I actually liked the dialogue. I didn't like how it was presented and I hated that it was in the beginning of the movie shot on an iPhone-like picture screen. Superman says hope is like finding your car keys. Easy to lose, but every so often it does turn up. Yeah, it's, wow. He know he knows that hope is the essence of who he is as a person. And as a Kryptonian, as an alien, he he is both. So he, as a person, he knows how hope is such a meaningful feeling. So now we fast forward to when he's walking through the halls as he's back, as he's back on the Fortress of Solitude, walking through that hall, hearing all, hearing this dialogue of both of his fathers uh telling him that the world needs him hope be that embodiment of hope he sees that suit as that dialogue is happening literally as uh Jor-El is saying you have you are that symbol of hope or something about the symbol of hope the minute hope is even said in that dialogue clark turns his head and sees the black suit in that moment to me at least after watching it a few times i see that that's really Clark realizing that the black suit is as much is as much the true embodiment of hope and Superman as the black the blue and red suit. It's not so much it's not so much that the red suit the blue suit is evil because a lot of people have been saying that like oh he's in the nightmare sequence and he's in the red and blue suit so that the blue suit is the evil suit and the black suit is real how is that possible is, is shouldn't it be the opposite yes and no yes and no like you can make the argument that the black suit is more of an evil-esque suit but i see it more as clark finally realizing what he is like yeah he is superman but he's also the symbol of hope that earth needs him to be and he can't be that full embodiment of hope without that black suit. Yeah. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm glad you took the time Sorry, to, was... to explain that because I, I just liked the suit. I didn't know a lot of the background around it. I, I, I couldn't care less either way. Like I'm, I was like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Like he's in a new suit. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And I, I didn't know there was any real background around it. So I'm glad that we have that now to kind of see. And with what you're saying, I totally agree with that. And I think maybe there is a piece of like him also, you know, not only embracing his roots, 
but kind of the idea that like, okay, Superman died and this is like, you, you have to move forward. Like this is a new Superman. He's going to have a new suit because he is not the same as he was before he died. Like he came back and immediately fought his friends. So he's, he does, I feel like maybe have a different mindset going into it, but uh, so yeah, I, I really like the suit. Uh, And then he, you know, his opening line when he shows up, uh, I thought was great. I was not expecting it. It wouldn't have been my first choice of what to say, but I'm glad he did. When Steppenwolf slams his axe down, does absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. to him. He says, not impressed. And then does his ice breath on it and shatters the the axe and just just goes to town on him. And it yeah. it felt different <laughs> from the 2017 version, though. Am I wrong? Oh, completely. Okay. You're not wrong at all. Like, e oh. I don't remember it's... exactly how he what he does in the 2017 version, but even as I was watching, I was like, honestly, I don't even care. Like, I love no, this even... movie, and I just I'm just gonna think about this version. Yeah. No, I can honestly, I can, I can kind of tell that it's pretty similar. Honestly, like, um obviously what's different is more so with cyborg and flash and and uh wonder woman and we'll definitely get to that mm-hmm. but but for superman as far as him fighting and the only noticeable difference for me was the not impressed was him blowing the x um i don't remember seeing that in the 17 cut uh may he may have i he i may have just be I may just be, God, I can't speak. He may just, I might just be forgetting that he did that as far as blowing on the axe and freezing it and shattering it. Mm-hmm. But the not impressed line, that was definitely not in the 17 cut. And okay. I really like that. Yeah. Um, he, he breaks he really, off a horn. He, he breaks off one of his horns yeah, and uh, shatters that. He uses his heat vision a couple times and mm-hmm. is smashing him around everywhere. I thought that was great. Uh, and then I'm trying to remember what, how does his story end in the movie? So Superman's story, we see him, uh, we see him with uh, Lois and with, and with uh his mother Martha at the farm, but then the last the last very last thing that we see with Superman is him walking in the streets of Metropolis. That's right. That's right. Up to the sky. It is that is the same ending from Seventeen, but the clear difference is him keeping the black suit yep. and not yep. the red and red and blue. Yeah, I and like that honestly. A lot. I, I love that. I love that he kept the black suit. And if we get another if we get another Superman movie, Henry Cavill, please come back and please keep that black suit. Oh, please. Yeah, I, I feel please like he's do. the kind of guy if they were to ask him, like he'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'll come back. Like he, he totally. looks like Superman. He's a gamer. He loves comic book stuff. So I'm sure he would come back and do it if he was asked. Like Superman's not my not my guy completely. Like I, I like him, but I I don't love him as much as i love batman but henry cavill is my superman 100 oh yeah absolutely all right well you know what we, all right uh, i think i think we've danced around it enough juice i think it's time to dive in to cyborg yeah it oh god dude i, I think just just out of the gate my overall thoughts uh, just the same as flash is i loved that we got a full story for cyborg and and to me 
Cyborg was probably one of the my least favorite parts of 2017's version just because yeah. we don't get a lot of him and so i'm like why is he in, i was like why is he in this movie like this doesn't make sense Amen. just put him in his own movie so we can see what's going on because you're clearly shoehorning him into this movie and so now mm-hmm. to know that they were trying to tell a story with him is just awesome and the fact that like the first scene with him in the movie is him already as cyborg i loved that yes um i loved obviously I loved all the football sequences and all of that. I, you know, that's all from the 2017, but mm-hmm. um, just every bit that we get about him struggling with who he is and what he is while everyone around him, it, it's, it's such a strange situation. And I think, I think it's so perfect for his character and for Ray Fisher in a sense to get this sort of story. But the fact that he is, is internally struggling with what it means to be like, is he still human? Does he still matter? But the fact that everybody around him is like, yes, like, dude, you matter. Like wonder woman's like, Hey, you're here. Like you're with us. Flash is all gung ho and trying to be friends with him. And you just see this evolution throughout the movie of him kind of in the beginning, realizing like my dad screwed me over. Like he, yeah, whatever. He saved my life but at what cost? And now I have to suffer for the rest of my life trying to figure yeah. out where I stand, who I am. And I'm going to have to do that all alone because nobody is going to understand what I'm going through. No one is going to be able to even want to be around me nope. because I'm a cyborg. And the fact that the justice league is like, Hey man, you're what you're one of us, like, come on over. We're going to be best friends with you sort of thing. And, and you get that amazing scene at the end when He's confronted by Steppenwolf and possessed by the mother boxes. And I loved it too. It's like, you know, they, anyone could complain that this movie is long because the movie is long, but every scene, it like sets up these little Easter eggs of how they're talking about, you know, you need to be careful when you, you you go into the mother box because it's going to pull up your biggest fears and regrets and use those against you. And Steppenwolf and the mother box is telling him like, you're all alone you, you have nothing like you're, you're nothing but a robot. And that line where he just says, that's not true. I have friends. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I got chills and started cheering. Cause I was like, just to see him struggle for so long in the film with like who he is to finally go, you know what? I, I am not alone. I have the justice league. I have these people that care about me. And, and almost in a sense, uh, mentally reconciling with his dad because he never really gets to he sort of does mm-hmm. right like you you get yeah. some eye looks and you get some some bits but i like the fact that he doesn't actually get to because i i think that's going to drive him as a character going forward that he didn't Definitely. really get to say goodbye or at least get to say what he wanted to with his dad but just the piece where at the beginning of the movie he's listening to the recording of his dad and I absolutely loved that scene of him testing out all of his powers as his dad narrates, talking about you, you are like, you know, I just thought to myself, yeah. like, okay, he's so underdeveloped in 2017. And just in this one scene, you understand so well what it means to be cyborg and the fact that he yes. can just on a whim give a million dollars to somebody if he if he even wants to like i loved the way that his dad was like you don't understand son anything that you want is at the tip of your fingers and it was such yes. a, 
so powerful to juxtapose against the fact that he feels powerless, that he feels like he's trapped in this robotic body. And again, everyone is trying to tell him like, dude, you're amazing. Like you, you have this gift now. And, and, you know, I I think it might've been flash where he was like, so you died and your dad saved your life or you were dying and your dad saved your life. And he sort of, it's like planting the seeds for him, but he doesn't think that his dad saved his life. Like he thinks that his dad ruined his life, but you see those sequences and you're like, dude, man, like, you can control the monetary system. You can hack into any computer. Or, like, what a cool right. power to have. Completely. And you definitely hit it, hit it, on, the, hit, hit it on the hammer. He, the, the amount of story and development that we get for Cyborg in this is monumental. It's it's incredible. I cried. I, my, my grin was from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's like I was reading a cyborg number one issue on it's, it's what it's why I say that this is cyborgs movie. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the fact that what's the core development of this movie is Steppenwolf wanting the mother boxes to unite to make a unity so that Darkseid can find worth again. The mother boxes are a side plot in the sense that you get Cyborg. Cyborg is literally from the mother box. Yep. He, you, he, he cannot survive without the mother box. And that's in the comics. He is a direct connection. If you can, I wouldn't say a direct. I'll fix my. I'll fix that line. He is a connection to dark side and the anti life equation that he's after. Yeah. Like yes, we're we're more so on the unity and wanting to change this world into apocalypse. But the end game, the true end game that we might not see, and I'm totally okay with not seeing it. The end game is is the the dark side. He is the end game. He is the end game is apocalypse is yeah the mother boxes and and the character the, the story of of Victor like being such an incredible athlete with be having seconds left on the clock and getting that. Amazing. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. Um, the the changes between seventeen and now is ridiculous. Mm, it's, I know. it's ridiculously amazing because not only is all of this new, but what was kept from the seventeen cut to now, like there there are similar scenes with cyborg in this movie that were in 17's cut but what's different is the fact that silas in the apartment never has that full extent conversation with vic as far as like how vic says like um um there's a scene in the 17 cut when silas walks through the apartment walks into the apartment and says Vic a lot of the people have been had been saying that you're cooped up like you shouldn't be this cooped up 
like uh and and Vic says well I could go out and he's and Silas goes but uh something about being a monster or you wouldn't want them to see a monster and Silas uh well Victor says you wouldn't I wouldn't you don't want them seeing a monster and Silas says you're not a monster and and Victor says it's funny you thought I meant me that's nowhere in this movie he doesn't say he doesn't think that he that uh that he himself is a monster he thinks he he thinks that he is he shouldn't be alive and just the fact that he doesn't say monster specifically but he says that uh you don't the real line that he says is um you don't want to see who made the monster because he doesn't see himself as a monster. I mean, he sees himself as a monster, but not as much as he sees his father as the yeah. monster. And Which is, he's is such a fascinating conversation to have there too, because his father, there, you know, the whole the the title of the epilogue being a father twice over, and yeah. you know, when he first says it, or when I saw it, I'm like, because you know, he when he he I love that at the end he we mm-hmm. see that he has the power of a mother box by yes, recreating his recorder and huh. but when he and when he presses play it says a father twice over and i'm like wait what is he talking about and then he rewinds it and yeah. plays it and i was like oh wow yeah like he created vic but then he created cyborg and so yeah. to me and, i get why his dad is the way that he is because at the end of the day if you're really wanting a fully fleshed out character his dad is a scientist first and so when he sees his yeah. son and and he you know clearly as a father doesn't want his son to die that isn't outweighed by his desire to experiment on his son and say ooh this is a great opportunity for me to test this out obviously he was taking a huge risk in doing it but had his father not been like a scientist first he probably would have just accepted the fate that his son was going to die so yeah i argue i would argue any day of the week that his father saved him that his father did that, but his yes. father, in a, in a way, his father wasn't doing it for Vic. His In no way, actually, was his father doing it for Vic. He was doing it for him. It was a very selfish thing for him to do. Yeah. It's the same reason that, you know, anyone would wish to bring back a family member of like, you know, I want my yeah. son back, but at the same time, I also want to kind of t- test out this new technology and see what it can do. Like, worst case scenario, my son's going to die anyway. And that, you know, people would say, well, that's not how you should treat your son. But again, he's a scientist first. So I loved as well in this, how they really gave uh, Silas more story. Like there was so much more story around him. And so you really understand, like, he really is, he cares about Vic, but he also cares about his work. Yeah. Like, yes, yes. His work, the way he's explaining to Vic, how he knows what Vic can do. I love that because he's been he's been working on it and it shows a lot in the comic book origin story of Cyborg 2. Like mm-hmm. he Silas is a key player in Cyborg's origin. As much as that is uh, is amazing, it's also heartbreaking because this is a father who just lost a son and is and he sees it as his priority, his prerogative to keep his son alive with the work that he has dedicated himself his entire life to. His son is his life work. And 
the fact that Zach literally incorporates it so fluently in this. Oh, yeah. It's, it is, I said before that one of Flash's scenes or one of Superman's scenes was one of the reasons why I love this movie so much. This, this entire sequence of Vic listening to the recording and us seeing what Vic is experiencing this is my favorite part of the movie this is the heart this is this is the heart the the meat the bones everything it's Mm -hmm. it's the soul he Vic is so connected to the mother box that he can stop what's happening but it'll do it'll take a lot so much so that the character the character development we get of all of these characters start building off on each other um aquaman and all of uh, aquaman flash wonder woman they're all together in bat and batman's cave and it's after the first meetup on Steppen steppenwolf and Aquaman knows how much of a burden this is to Cyborg. And I had said in Aquaman's uh, character development that no one else can, 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 uh, can deliver that mm-hmm. better than Aquaman, than Aquaman as a character can. Or at least in this, in this version, what we see, I don't think any of the other characters could have delivered that line on behalf of Cyborg than Aquaman yeah and and just the fact that Cyborg knows what he has to do he knows that he this will probably take his life there is no other way and he knows that and just the way he says that to Diana he's like there's no other way and you know that and just looking at the dedication there was none of that dedication in the 17 movie nope. none of that and again you, you're getting it in such brief scenes like that scene with Aquaman yeah. and flash they're literally just standing there and they have probably a minute long or less conversation but even as they're doing that the camera pans over to cyborg and cyborg's just standing like he's just standing basically yeah. staring down the hallway like he's just really contemplating what he's about to have to do and it yeah. says it all like and you've said it all now in, in a very quick scene to drive not only the character growth for Cyborg, but the character growth for Flash and Aquaman, because you get that Aquaman bit about him seeming like he's growing as well, realizing some of his flaws, and then Flash as well being like a, a linchpin of, of, you know, it's funny because yeah. we, said that, we said that Wonder Woman is the glue keeping everybody together, but you could almost say that uh, Flash is also kind of the glue keeping yeah, everybody together. 100%. And then you could say Cyborg, you, you know, we said Wonder Woman is the heart of the Justice League. You could argue that Cyborg is the heart of the Justice League as well because he, 100%. he keeps the whole thing going. And I think it's interesting too. And the reason, the other reason I, I say or said that, you know, Cyborg is the main character is because without Cyborg, the, the, they, they lose. There's no situation where, like, if Aquaman wasn't a part of this team, they could still pull this off. It would be a little harder but they could pull it off but without cyborg you can't get those mother boxes and so he he is the central piece of this film and so again he's he's going through the struggle of like who am i and i i am more than this like i am more than the central character of this movie like obviously i have to do this 
but I need to figure out who I am because I don't want to be the guy that is, oh, okay, you know, we need Cyborg to get the mother boxes. Like, that's all he's good exactly. for. Exactly. Like, I'm more and, than that. And so he he really realizes that by the end of the movie. Completely agree with you there. Like, he realizes that, and he also realizes that, yes, as much as it is important to bring Superman back, it's also not. It's also, it's also something to be feared. And yeah. I love the whole sequence of them about to bring Superman back and even them talking about it too. Because if you notice in 17th cut, uh, Flash is very against bringing Superman back. He even references Pet Cemetery. Uh, we get um, the, whole, the whole exposition from Aquaman uh, sitting on that lasso. All of that is not in this version at all in that sequence. Uh, in that sequence, it's, uh, if, you, if you also remember in 17's cut, it's Diana giving the argument to Bruce that we can't bring Superman back. And it's Bruce giving the argument that, huh, um, you've been holding on to, so, to, to uh, Steve so long. You're the one to tell me about not to hold on to people. And she punches him or something like that. And he's being a dick. Yeah. That's nowhere in this cut because that is not what Batman and Wonder Woman would be are ever arguing about because Wonder Woman knows how important Superman is. And in this cut, she's kind of advocating for it a little bit. She does give an argument to not bring him back, but not so much in the 17 cut where her and Bruce start having an argument. Also, I really like the I really like the small bits of of hinting that Batman might have Bruce might have a little bit of a connection with Diana. Like they kind of like reach for the reach for the mouse together at one point during this movie, oh, and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. "No, sorry, <laughs> love that." Um, but it's also not not arguing so heavy that superman can't come back it's arguing why we need superman back and that's the argument that i like more so than the 17 cut oh yeah and and even the cemetery scene that's different we don't get anything of flash wanting to be buddies with cyborg at all like in 17 he was like uh, uh, uh grave grave digging bros and tries to give get a fist bump from cyborg none of that is in there what's in this one is what should be in this one and it's flash telling cyborg this guy was my hero and that's all we need yeah then okay. just shoveling and him saying just that and then we cut to aquaman and wonder woman having the conversation that i like yeah, it's it is a really just, a really stark change, I think, from the prior one because it it really gets to the heart of the the argument because, like, no matter what, Superman is coming back. Like, they all know yeah. it. We have to bring him back, but we need to talk about why we shouldn't bring him back. Like, we know we are going to, exactly. but everyone needs to really, in their bones, understand what we are doing. Because, exactly. it, you know, especially like the way I don't think Batman overtly explains it, but, you know, he's seen these visions and we get that mm -hmm. whole bit in the ship when they're bringing him back. And the, the ship voice, actually, funny enough, is voiced by Carla Cugino from uh, Watchmen and obviously from so many. Yeah. Other but 
I um, caught that. Know, the ship doesn't want to bring Superman back. And it's, nope. it's saying the whole, like the future is in, is insecure or whatever it is. It's saying like, you know, the future is in flux because of and this. That. And then the minute they bring it back, it's, yep. she says that the future has, what is it? The, the, the past is becoming the future or something like that. Yep. It's like, something you're like now that. on the path to that nightmare sequence. Like you, you bringing him back is going to have consequences despite the need and the requirement that he has to come back. Like you're going to pay a price for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's great that he's coming back, but there, it's not for free. Exactly. And I really love that, that I love the, the shot we get of what Vic sees. If we like of what could happen if Superman comes back, because oh yeah yeah 100% that would definitely happen and it could have happened the thing that saved that from happening was one of the final was one of those final sequences but that alone like it's it it astounded me because that's literally a take from one of the comics it's it's superman feeling defeated because he knows that they lost they know he knows that lois is dead as well and then we cut to uh, even forgot the small cuts of what we what we got from but just just everyone being defeated the hall of justice being lay waste in that nightmare sequence all of that will happen if dark side uh, ends up coming to earth and it's close. It it was it, it ended up being really close that we were gonna get that. Mm-hmm. And well, and see, so I would say that again. I think, I think that is the coolest hint. That's like that. That essentially is the DC universe's Thanos bit. Is you know, one hundred percent. You get the peak of it in BVS. You get the big mm-hmm. peak of it at the end of this movie. That nightmare sequence is what I would expect to either be the main point of the second film or what the final film is based off of, because it really is a big deal, especially, and and we'll move on to the end of this movie now, but um, you know, they're they're fight, they fight Steppenwolf. And I was going to talk about this during our Steppenwolf section, but you know, Wonder Woman cuts his head off and he flies into the, the portal and it just goes to show so much character development in such little time for dark side that, Steppenwolf, who has been busting his ass for his approval, his yep. head rolls up to Darkseid and he just puts his foot on his head and doesn't even think twice about it. And it's like at all never cared about Steppenwolf. And I, I, I love that. I love like, again, instantly it shows you just how vicious he Instant is. Gratification. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then from there, you know, you could have easily been like, OK, you know, now they're going to invade. But I like the whole idea that he's like, you know what? I'm smart enough to know that right now I'm not going to be able to beat these guys. Like I'm going to come back with a giant army, just like in Avengers sort of thing. When the portal opens, like it's literally, and that's funny. I I was going to point this out too, is towards the end of this movie, there's a lot that I, and I, I'm not going to blame Zach because I loved this film, but there's a lot that reminded me of the Avengers in this film with, uh, you know, cyborg starts flying down the street and he's shooting things with his guns. And I'm like, Oh, I was like, Oh, there's Iron Man. And then uh, I'm trying to think who the other one was. I think it maybe it was flash. I was like, Oop, that's Thor. Like with the lightning coming down. And, uh, but, mm-hmm. but again, I wasn't mad at it. Like it made total sense. I got it. 
but it did have some Avengers vibes, but I loved the way that it ended. So, you know, that ends, we get our epilogue. Let's wrap up this episode with talking about a couple of the Easter eggs. And I want to, I want to get your thoughts on a few of these. So there's a couple of characters that Zach teases, obviously, you know, we get Mm -hmm. Lex Luthor. I hate Lex Luthor. And I guess you could say, I'm sorry. I hate, I, I don't hate Lex Luthor. I don't hate Jesse Eisenberg, but I hate Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I am not a fan of him. He's to me, Lex Luthor is a much more serious character. And uh, I personally believe that Jesse would have been much better as the Joker or the Riddler. I I can get behind the Riddler. I think he, I, that is way too much. uh, That's way too much of a, of ambition for De- for Jesse Eisenberg to to uh get on uh to get on the wavelength of Joker. I I can see it happening for him with a little bit more experience. Like I he's sure. he I can see it. I can definitely see it, but I see it more with Riddler right now at this point because yeah. he's he's more of a charming villain than he is a chaotic villain, and to me, Riddler is more of a charming villain. Yes, and Joker is what definitely a chaotic villain. To where, not saying that Jesse Eisenberg cannot portray chaos, chaos. like he can, he can. I've uh, his work in Now You See Me is chaotic. I'll tell you that. But I, I would have liked him as a Riddler than Lex Luthor. Um, then let me ask you, who would you want to be Lex in this movie then? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to go through my head and think, cause I I've never been a huge Lex Luthor fan. Like I know he, he's basically like super smart. He's always 10 steps ahead. He's always, he's got big ambition. Um, I, I th- Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think what was it? Gene Hackman played him. I didn't see a lot yeah. of those old, the older movies. So like, I don't really remember mm-hmm. Gene Hackman for Lex Luthor or Kevin Spacey for Lex Luthor either. But I liked at least that he was bald. But to me, Lex Luthor, even his face, he has more of a round face to me. And and uh, Jesse's sure. got that thin face. So I honestly, I don't know. What did you have somebody? I'll in tell you what. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I. Uh this is going to come out of left field and I don't know if I'll get flack for this. Whoever listens to this episode, uh, hit me up on the discord. If uh, <laughs> this is uh, if this is uh, something you can get behind or not, Dwight from the office. Uh, oh yeah. Rain Wilson. Uh, yeah. Rain Wilson. Yeah, is Lex he would Luther. be a good one, especially he, bald. He's he, got the round head. He voices, He's super smart. He voices Lex Luthor in the DC animated movies oh, no way. From, in, in the, uh, yeah, the uh, from when it starts at Justice League War all the way all throughout those movies up to Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, every single movie that Lex is in in those in that movie's timeline in those movies timelines, that's Rain Wilson voicing Lex Luthor, and I like it a lot. He's got the voice. Shave him bald. Yeah, Give him he, a baby I think you do a great job. I like. I that. feel I'm like down. you could totally do it. I mean, it's it, but uh, but yeah. So I mean, the the weak link of this movie for me is definitely Lex. Um, Luckily, he's not in it that much. He's really not, and he's definitely worth being an an Easter egg for because 
these Easter eggs are nothing more than that. He there's there has been talk and it is confirmed that he that Zach's not going to continue with uh, DCU DC movies with Warner Brothers. And it's not that he doesn't want to do it. It's Warner that doesn't want to do it. And that's where that's where honestly you I've been I've been saying it a little bit recently on the discord. But uh, I'll definitely I'll definitely repeat it for here on the show. So it's like set in stone. I don't want DC under Warner's umbrella anymore. I don't as much as I know what as much as I know the meaning of what that is for it to happen. If we if DC leaves Warner, that means no more DC movies on HBO Max. I know what we would get for that. So I'm okay with with Warner Brothers still having DC at this point they should know that they need to change their game to where this is obviously what the fans want and if you're not going to make Warner if you're not going to make DC movies with Zack Snyder anymore please at least know that this is what the fans want so if you're not going to be with Zack Snyder take from Zack Snyder like don't take from him but but learn from this or let's even say that Zach does have the vision and uh, another studio picks up his work. I'll be there. Yeah. Uh, like, please, Zach Snyder, go to Paramount Plus. Uh, You're right, right. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, but, a nice um, thought to think about. I doubt it'll ever happen, though, just because yeah. Time Warner and Warner Brothers ha- is like, that's where DC has been for decades. Yeah, like, I don't think they would ever sell the property no, to somebody else, but at least they're never. trying, I think, with some of these future projects. Yeah. I just, I think that they screwed up so bad in the beginning and they're doing so and, much to uh, to cover themselves from that, like to try and cl- do, do clean yes. up where they're like, oh, you know, we've got these great new movies coming, but here's our thoughts on the DC multiverse. And it's like, well, the only reason you're doing that is because you screwed up in these other movies. And so you need mm-hmm. another universe. So like, I'm cool and, with the multiverse, but you need to acknowledge the real reason you're using a multiverse exactly. is because you screwed up. It's not because it's part of the story. It's so that you can try and make a different Batman movie or a different Flash means- movie so that you can try again so that you don't screw up. Exactly. Yeah. And this feeds directly into the Easter eggs that we actually get here. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, so let's much... talk about the next one. What do you think about Joe Manganiello as De- uh, Deathstroke? I know we got a small glimpse yeah. of him in the 2017 one, but we get some talking parts in this. Yep. And uh, I didn't hate him. I I didn't. I don't I like think him. there's enough to yeah. kind of pass judgment on him, but I, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I I really do like Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. Oh, yeah. uh, he, I wouldn't say he is my Deathstroke. My Deathstroke is from the Arrowverse. If uh, listeners oh, know yeah, yeah. Uh, the Arrowverse Deathstroke, he is great. He the way he just I forgot the actor's name, but the way he portrays Deathstroke is amazing to me. But just a glimpse of Deathstroke here with Joe Manganiello, I can definitely get behind it. Uh, there's definitely uh, there's definitely Zach teasing a Batman Deathstroke meetup movie, which I would love to see. Uh, I feel like I feel like it would be a great DC Elseworlds story if mm-hmm. HBO Max decides to go that route. Because I mean, DC Elseworlds is a thing. It's it's a legitimate comic book storyline that does exist, people, and the stories from Elseworlds are made specifically for this kind of idea 
it's they're they're made to give us the thought of okay here's our favorite heroes what happens if they meet this person or what happens if this happens instead of this happening and two very specific ones just for an example so you know what i'm talking about is gotham by gaslight that's a quick Mm. one-shot story comic story and movie of batman being up against jack the ripper in old style london time and i really love that story it's one of my favorite batman stories and i could totally see a animated or live action quick dc elseworlds shot of this deathstroke versus batman we've had deathstroke versus batman for crying out loud in a in a movie it was batman versus robin i think that was the movie that or batman and son it was either batman and son or batman versus robin that deathstroke uh be batman happened in real quick but that i love i i love that tease i've seen it before and having ben affleck go up against joe manzanello let me see that. Yeah, Heck yeah. exactly. Uh, next All person right, that was a long is uh, Ryan Zhang uh, playing Ryan Choi, who is the assistant to Silas, who at the end of the movie gets uh, control of Star Labs. And I was yep. reading that he is the Atom. So they were yes, they were sir. kind of teeing that up as well. I I really like that. I. That's actually one that I didn't catch right off the bat. Um, yeah, me neither. I, it took it took me the second or halfway through the third watch, or like the it either took me the second or the third watch to really see that Easter egg, and I really like that. I, I enjoyed it. it. It's more for it. That's more for fan. Uh, that's more for fan pleasure than anything else uh-huh. that I would think. But I enjoy that. Mm. And then last, the last one is uh, Martian Manhunter. What do you think of him? This I didn't really, I didn't like. I, I, at first I liked it, but then I was like, I don't. And there, I, I was there, I was as I was watching it the second time, I was like, there's something about this that doesn't sit right with me because mm-hmm. not only. Not only do we barely get any hint of Martian Manhunter at all in these movies, we do slightly. We do 100% because, in fact, uh, just for a quick for a quick sidebar, in Man of Steel, when General Zod is uh, displaying himself on every screen around the world, uh, introducing himself to the world, right at the beginning of showing us the inside of the military base, when uh, when the general is like, what do we got? What's happening? And we see this. There's a lot of green in that shot. There's a lot of it. And right before, right before General Zod says, there is a stranger who's been living among you for a long time and you all have been fooled and that sort of thing. Right before he says that, we get a shot of the general. So I have been really thinking that he was going to be our Martian Manhunter. I, I was, I was able to buy it. I was able to see the slight connection, but, but I know that Zach did not want to do Martian Manhunter in a slight way. He was really wanting to do Green Lantern. Mm. 
Yeah. The story, yeah. the story of this, is, the story behind this is the fact that Zack Snyder showed the full, full, uh, full, uh, full video of his final cut to Warner, and Warner still said there have to be rules to this. Yep, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Zach's like rules. You didn't tell me about rules. This I'm gonna do what the fans want. So as much as they told him, no, you cannot do Green Lantern in this because we cannot prove we cannot promise the fans that Green Lantern will be happening. We can't make that promise just yet. Or it is happening, like it's in development. I know that the Green Lantern project is in the works, but it can't be connected to this because this is your own thing. So change it. He's like, okay, I'll change it. I'll add Martian Manhunter instead. So as much as they told him to change it, he changed it for himself. He changed it in his own way. It wasn't a change for Warner. It was still a change for him, but it was still a change that Warner mandated him to have. I don't agree with it. I don't like Martian Manhunter at all in this. Like he looked really... It looked last minute. It looked way last minute. And the fact that the fact that the story said that um that he did have to change Green Lantern to Martian Manhunter shows to me it it proves to me that I didn't really like it and it was for a reason because it seemed like a last minute change that he made. Yeah, you know, know at the end of the day, it still it also shows that Warner Brothers just still doesn't understand what what they like. They just don't. don't, I mean, they don't get the conversations at Marvel, and and the the thing that Kevin Feige always says is like, we focus on this one movie, and if something is going to come out of it or there's a sequel, like we'll worry about that down the line. And so we just make the best thing we can now. Whereas Warner Brothers is constantly like, oh, we can't do this because we can't promise this to somebody in the future. It's like just make a good movie right now and then fan, the fans it. will tell you what they want and then you can adjust exactly and that's and that's yeah you you said it perfectly that's it and that's what warner just doesn't get and zach has proven that he knows what the fans want he's proven oh, it yeah. so many times absolutely he 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 proves it in all of these minuscule ways of giving the fans what they want we wanted a cyborg story that's what we got we wanted more flash story that's what we got i even wanted a full batman shot like in 17 justice league alex there's not one shot there's not one good great shot of batman just being batman i'm not talking like fight sequence shot i'm talking a stance I want a statue stance of Batman on my screen. We didn't get that at all in the 17 Justice League. We definitely got it here. In fact, in the beginning of part one, two, three, part four, when we're on the roof of Gotham Mm -hmm. with Jim Gordon, we get that same shot, folks. Oh, yeah. But, but boy, is it extended. And I got to tell you, man, I... I was a kid on Christmas, all giddy, watching that shot and watching the lightning strike right in his background from that shot. I, I loved it, man. I loved it. Like he gave us what we wanted and 
I couldn't have wanted anything more. Um, I, I also, we have one more scene to talk about, if I'm not mistaken. I was just about to say, are you referring to the nightmare scene? We are. Yeah. And that's what let's, we'll, yeah. we'll finish up with that. So, all, you know, all this happens, we get these little teases in the epilogue of, and in my personal opinion on Martian Manhunter, I, you know, he was in it only in it twice. Uh, I did not mm-hmm. like the first scene that he was in it. I, I completely took me off guard. I was like, Oh cool. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I was also like that scene. Oh, I completely, I completely drove past that quick scene where yep, that yep. did not, <laughs> he did not need to be her at all. Yeah. He and then the, the ending scene I thought was, it was good. Like I didn't hate it, but it obviously felt very shoehorned in. But like I said, you know, as just, just loving this movie as a whole, I liked the idea that they're already going to be bringing characters in because you, you have to remember that like, okay, it took this group of people to defeat Steppenwolf. If dark side yeah. shows up, that's not enough people. So you need At to all. start showing that there's more people with powers out there. So I liked that piece of it, but you know, th- these epilogues move forward. And then the last bit we get, and it's funny, you know, as the movie was going on, I'm like, when mm-hmm. am I going to see the Joker? And so we yeah, finally I, get it in this last I'll be scene. honest, man. I completely forgot we were going to get it at all. I, I, for a second, I kind of thought that uh, that Zach literally made that scene specifically for the trailers. And if I know. he did, and well, he and you know what he did, though? Because in, in that scene, uh, and it's one of yeah, my favorite lines, uh, is the we, we live in a society. And he doesn't say that in the movie. And I was like, oh, so they must have filmed it a couple times. But we get we get this great yeah. nightmare sequence. And all I'll say about it is it's the same essential sequence that we see in Batman's other dream sequences of like, yes. you know, okay, the world's gone to hell. Superman's a bad guy. Darkseid is here. But what I liked was the the ragtag last people left team, which yes. is Batman, Mira, uh, Deathstroke, which I was like, wow, that's a quick turn of like him trying to kill Batman. Mm-hmm. Now they're working together, and then um, what was it, Cyborg and Cyborg Flash. and Flash, and I love and the Joker. What a team! Though. Like that to me fine. reminds no, me of that, like a Justice League yeah, Dark team. or something. Yeah, dude. And this scene uh, gave me huge injustice vibes. Oh, that's what, yeah, even better. That's what, yes, injustice. That's perfect. Yes. Um, yeah, the team, I liked who he chose, who Zach chose to be on this team because, because with Arthur, Mira, you get Mira, and Mira had no screen time with Bruce at all. And, as far as in the movie is concerned, right. the actual like whole movie, and knowing that, yeah, we didn't see them on screen time, we don't need to because the dialogue and the way Affleck and Mira deliver that dialogue is enough proof to give us it's the fact that Zach knows if there is a continuous continuation to the story. This is where the continuation is going to go. He has the idea, and this is a small glimpse. And this small glimpse is a tribute to a story that I know fans love. At least this is what I think Zach is thinking about. And, and that, that tribute is injustice. Like the story of 
Joker. Uh, spoilers for Injustice as well, folks. So two spoilers in one, I guess, in one episode <laughs> for Alex episode here. But in the story Injustice, Joker, uh, the story is Superman is a dictator. And the reason why he's a dictator is because in the beginning, Joker kills Lois by making Superman believe that Lois is doomsday because so he's trying to find Lois and when he goes to to the location that he believes Lois to be in he doesn't see Lois in that in that comic he sees doomsday because Joker mixed a new Joker toxin with Scarecrow's toxin to show to infect Superman and mixed it with kryptonite too so that it could infect Superman into having Superman see Doomsday and not Lois, making Superman think that Doomsday killed Lois. So he flies Doomsday or what he sees to be Doomsday into space, nonchalantly killing Lois and yeah, wow. his unborn son. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all of that, all of that leads to Superman going right to Joker and killing him in the comic. That didn't happen in the movie. In, in this movie, of course, because Joker is obviously alive in this nightmare sequence, but that gist of the story, you can definitely believe that that's how it happened in this nightmare sequence. Like, ah, because it's it's even said like he lost super he lost Lois, um, and like just to call out the the way it calls out the fact that that of uh, that flash scene in BBS when when uh, he's waking up from that nightmare and he sees Flash in front of his computer screen and he says, you were right about him. Lois, find Lois. Lois is the key. This, this, this scene of them being in the nightmare now, probably just before Flash makes that run. And yeah, dude, I loved it. I liked it. Sorry, that was a lot of the long wind conversation of how much i loved that scene like it's a direct shout out to injustice oh yeah and i i loved the way that they like i I loved the joker in this i i mean i I guess i would say i want more time with him to truly love him but i liked him better in this than i did in suicide squad so So much like if they choose to be forward with leto i'm all here for it if this is what they're doing he's very creepy his laugh was very squeaky and wild i liked that i liked that he wasn't afraid of getting beat up by batman and he but at the same time it's like i'm here and i'm gonna help you guys like i liked that he you could tell that at least he wanted kind of maybe felt like if the world is gone how am i supposed to create chaos when somebody else is sort of how did uh how did you feel about that reach around joke (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, honestly, I don't think it really hit for me. I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I was like, okay, I I could see that being something Jared Leto's Joker would say, but I I didn't like it. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Like there are some, there are some bits that Zach just, I don't know. Like, but Hey, you know what? You got Jared Leto to come back, especially after so many people ragged on him. And for great reason. I mean, I thought he was, I, I I love Jared Leto, but again, Jared Leto as the Joker in suicide squad, just the the whole damaged thing and all, I didn't like any of that. So for them to be like, probably, Hey, can you come back and do this? We want to do a little bit of justice to you. I like that. He was game for it. And I I think, I think it paid off for sure. This definitely paid off. Like, and Zach really knows how to pay it off. He, and it's the fact that, that what I said in the very beginning, 
Zack Snyder is a very particular filmmaker. He, the slow-mo shots still, still have to win me over a little bit every so often because he is a huge fan of slow-mo, of the glorifying slow-mo shot. We get that shot in Man of Steel. We get that shot in 300. We get that shot in, in Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. Un, unbelievably amount of slow-mo shots in Sucker Punch, actually. Um, we get it in Watchmen. We get it in all of his movies. And it's not that I don't like them, because I do. I just feel like he does them way too much. And it's the slow, it's the little bit much of the slow-mo shots. It's the small Easter eggs that are added at the end of this movie. And it's the small jokes that he gives to Batman and Wonder Woman to try to get them to, to try to show us that there is, I guess, some kind of like love connection there that I just didn't like in this movie. And those are only three three things that I can literally only think about. I can't think of anything else that makes me not like this movie enough to give it less than four stars. If those spots were changed or spruced up a little bit, guarantee you this movie would have five stars for me. Guaranteed. And that's, uh, that's kind of what I'll say too, to kind of close this out is, uh, as we've talked about it, I mean, we've spent, I can't wait to press stop on this recording and see exactly oh my how gosh, long it dude. is because we went I, way longer than I thought we would in the best way. And I didn't as think we were talking, either. <laughs> like hearing all of your insights and, and you sharing all the differences between this, I, I am firm now that this is my favorite DC EU movie. Uh, oh. And because I was, I'm looking at it and I've got, and I'll, oh. I'll share this with you because I haven't updated. I'm going to have to work on it, but I, I had Aquaman at my top. Joker's right below that. Wonder Woman's below that. Those are my three nines, or you would say four, four and a half stars. Um, mm-hmm. But Zack Snyder's is also, I, I, I have it out of a nine as well. So four and a half stars. But yeah. I, when I think back on the reasons why the nit, like the issues that I have with Aquaman, they are they weigh more on me than on this film like the issues that yes. i have with this film are so minor and to so look minor. At this movie this movie reminds me a lot and and i would wreck juice if you're you if you haven't seen this i've talked about it in a couple of other episodes but i'm gonna keep talking about it. there's a there's a documentary series on hbo max called the movies have you seen it I have been glancing over it and I have yet to watch it. You've got to watch it. If you're telling me I got to watch it, then I will watch it. So it's, and I, like I said, I explained it in my, that Godzilla episode prior to this. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. it's, I believe six episodes. Each episode takes a different decade of film. So the first episode is about the golden age, which is uh, the beginning of film up until the fifties. The second episode is the sixties and then the seventies, eighties, nineties, and the two thousands. But the two thousands covers both to all the way to 2010, but also to 2020. So it's in, in each episode is an hour and a half. And they're, they're talking about in the 1960s episode, I believe that there's this, and I, I just know you'd love it because I know how much, you know, we both love movies, but you know, in mm. the 1960s, there was this resurgence of these epics like Lawrence of Arabia and Ben-Hur and, or maybe, and maybe it may oh, have wow. been the fifties, but you had like Lawrence of Arabia, Ben-Hur, 10 commandments, uh, Cleopatra, these just giant five hour long, 
Uh, you know, the budgets were absolutely insane. These pictures that were the reason people went to the movies because it was like, you know, any person could just watch something on their TV, especially now, but people went to the movies to see these long features. And they talked about in the, uh, in the 90s episode about Titanic and how James Cameron was kind of trying to capture that in a sense because it was another really long movie a really big budget the 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 news uh reported on it the same way they reported on like cleopatra where you know the the studio has put so much money into this movie is it gonna is it gonna bomb is it gonna be the biggest failure of all time because of how big it is that is what this movie feels like it feels like that epic four-hour movie that i think and and i think that is what Zack snyder understands about this medium and especially about the superhero medium with the same way with like bvs is three hours long watchmen is three hours long of like a truly of course like the best way i think and, and again you can you can make your movie any way you want it but to truly capture the epicness and the legendary aspects of a superhero film it needs to be a long movie. It needs to be something does. you're traveling through. And again, like I said at the very beginning of this, this movie flew by. It did not feel like four hours. It oh, really yeah. did feel like an epic. So as soon as I'm able, whenever they end up doing it, I want to see this in theaters. Like I want to sit for four oh, hours yes. in a really crappy IMAX. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. And so that's so I, I loved this movie. I thought this movie was absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I am right there with you, man. Like I even even if I weren't so much of a huge DC fan, I know I would love this. And the yeah. fact of me being a huge DC fan just makes me love it that much more. Um I would love to sit down at a theater and watch this because I guarantee you the theater reaction of this movie would probably be on par to end game. I would dare, I would be dare. It is daring for me to say that, but I dare say it. Uh, I'll say this. I think it definitely would have been had they just released it in theaters. I think the, of yeah. the in HBO max first and now like, you know, whatever in six, Yeah, months, now doing it now, it's not going to be the same kind of reaction, same. but if they no, had, no, no. but if, if they, they were like, Hey, cut. you know, we've got Snyder's cut because pe- people would, would cheer in the same way that you cheered during portals specifically for those like the flash sequence, the cyborg bits, yeah. just because they are feeling Zack Snyder of like, this is the movie exactly. that he wanted to make. I love it so much more because of that. So I'm going to cheer. Like, I, I think it's, it's a very 100%. different type of cheering than the cheering that you're getting in Endgame because that's more of that earned, you know, we followed these people for 10 movies. And this would be more of yeah. like, hey, Zach did it. Like, he pulled it off. He killed it. And even, and even more so for me, it's, I love that this is not just, it is, a, it is a Justice League movie, of course. It's, oh yeah, Justice League is in is in the name. Like this is definitely a superhero epic, but it is not just a superhero epic. It is a fantasy epic. It is it is a combination of DC superheroes and mythological superheroes. We get a whole battle sequence that I felt like I was watching a Lord of the Rings movie for a quick second. Yeah, yes, but that definitely that feeling definitely escaped quickly. Of course. But it's in that same it's in that same aspect. It's it's epic, and you have Zach to thank for it. You have 
Junkie XL. He, oh yeah. He oh is, yeah. He is phenomenal with this soundtrack. And yeah, there are so many reasons why this is probably my most favorite DCEU movie. But I'll tell you what, Alex, in my rankings, this is not number one. It's close to number one. It is number two on my ranking list. What's your number one? Man of Steel is Man of Steel is still number one for Ooh, me. Ooh, wow. I have to rewatch that. I haven't seen that movie in quite a while, but I, I need to now, especially when you mentioned that Martian Manhunter bit that that is a very interesting Easter egg. Yeah, there it's yeah. it's very it is you, you one can argue that it's not an Easter egg at all because that's just how the movie looks. But I, I swear there's too much green not just on the wall in the background of that scene itself, but even just the lights, everything in that scene is so green that I couldn't help but think of either Green Lantern or Martian Manhunter being that guy. And I promise you, I promise you, uh, I think his name is Henry Lezik. Uh, yeah. Henry Lenzik. He is the general who plays, uh, who plays Martian Manhunter and John Jones. He was supposed to be, uh, he was supposed to be Green Lantern. Hmm. That that's who he was supposed to be revealed as. But Warner did not want want Snyder to reveal him as as Green Lantern. So he was like, okay, I'll reveal him as Martian Manhunter. That's yeah. the bit that I didn't really agree with, but I knew for a fact it was going to happen because like because it's not it's not there. It's not like so obvious. But I could tell that there was just way too much green in that scene. But yeah, yeah, this. Sorry, I always grow on a tangent sometimes. But no, hey, we lo- we love tangents dude. here at Comics and Cinema. That's, <laughs> sometimes the best conversations come out of those tangents. But um, you know, in wrapping this up, Juice, that thank you so much for uh, taking some time to come on here and talk about this. I uh, I, oh, I, th- I think it's so funny just because uh, you know when I was thinking about doing this episode, I couldn't think of anyone else that, that would be perfect to join me on this just because not only you talking about like, Hey, I've already seen it four times. I was like, Hey, good. You're going to cover my butt for anything that I've missed. But you know, just knowing your passion around the DC universe and, and, and the comics and how much you love Batman. I'm, I'm glad this movie met and I'm, sounds like exceeded your expectations. And I'm certainly glad that it did so for me too. Like this, this was big. It was a big yeah, deal. Really so thank too. you for taking some time to come by. Dude, I'll always do this. I really appreciate you uh, you letting me in and uh, welcoming, me, welcoming me to your uh, show with open arms. And I will gladly, gladly come back on for any more DC talk, like DC Comics talk. If there's a DC comic that you're reading, I'll definitely talk to you about it. So many graphic novels on my, on my bookshelf here that are all dc i i think the only marvel comic that i have it's not even a marvel comic it's a star wars comic so yeah basically i i'm always down to talk about it this is just a long way of me saying thank you me showing huge gratitude to you and to your show because your show is amazing and just as amazing as the mcu fan show and just as amazing as united we fan to whoever listens to this listen to those shows as well because you will be on the same level as me and Alex when it comes to uh when it comes to our fan base oh, yeah. and Alex please please bring me on again if you ever want <laughs> I will I will keep you in mind that's for sure, <laughs> I promise 
Well, from all of us here at Comics and Cinema, thank you guys so much for taking this journey with us and spending so much time here on this episode. Uh, I'm Alex Klein, and we will see you next time. Thank you.